about ready to pound that moose. Oh, where'd them cherries go? You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. I love Sir Spencer. He totally knew I was stoned. Don't tell him we're high. Listen, we may be a little high. I mean, late. Well, the bowl after bowl guy? Spencer just says the fun stuff. Sir Spencer, so sweet. Lorian and Spencer. DeLorean, shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Oh, yeah. Shout outs abound. Because uh, we do get around. From time to time. Hey, it's a Tuesday night. Hope you're feeling all right. Back in the bowl. Kicking off another year of it. It is January 3rd. 2023, and I'm um, talking to you from FEMA Region 7. My name is Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm his lovely wife, Dame DeLorean. And you, my friend, you are what we call a bowler. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining in. So happy to have you back. Like clockwork. Like absolute clockwork. Rolling another one. What can we say? You can't keep the circle uh, broken, you know. You gotta keep them rolling. That's right. Keep them rolling, passing it to the left and all of that. You know the drill by now. Uh, or maybe you don't, but that's alright. Come in. Sit down, find a seat. You'll get used to it. You'll pick it up quick. I promise. Uh, shouts out to everybody listening live right now. Stream.bowlafterbowl.com or on the Mighty No Agenda stream where we take over every Tuesday night, right after DH Unplugged, when they're on, but uh, no DH Unplugged tonight. No. No DH Unplugged. So I got an extended listen to the Millennial Media Offensive tonight. With uh, John and Dan. And it's already been a year. Those guys already been doing that for a year. Can you believe it? Whoa. It was like their one year. Time flies. I know, it's wild. Wow, I remember when they first launched. So I was exchanging emails, and Dan was asking me about my setup and advice and stuff, and we just we brought him right in, man. Get him in here. And now they're professionals. Now they're total pros. Can't even tell. Can't even tell. It's like one year in. It's fantastic. Feels like they've been doing it forever. Time is uh time is just goofy like that. You know, it never gets more normal. It always feels more strange. I concur. Like the fact that it feels like they've been doing it forever and also that they started only a couple months ago. Yeah. It's, I don't understand it. I'll never get my mind wrapped around time itself. How about the fact that the wolf cub is a month old now? The wolf cub's a month old. That feels like yesterday. That does. <laughs> I know, it's 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 super wild. And it's also, you know, I feel like I've known him forever too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, 
Well, yeah. Uh, I just, uh... We, we view time as a linear thing, and I don't think it is. Yeah. But the, it's outside of our there has to be grasp some of understanding. Of, uh, there has to be some kind of strange disconnect between, like, the essence of time itself versus the way that our limited experience of it kind of turns out, you know? Or, um, I don't know. I'm too retarded to even put in the correct words, but. Yeah, man. You know, like, it just really blows my mind. You know, it's like, time? You ever think about time? You ever, like, look at your hand, man? Like, whoa. Anyway. Learn to, learn to wiggle your toes independently of each other. Uh, that and more hot takes tonight. But hey. Bowl after bowl. Happy Moo Year. Happy Moo Year to you, too, Moo Moo. I had a great photo shoot. It's one I've always wanted to do. You did, I yes. love anime cowgirls, and... I always say when I'm pregnant, I feel like a cow. Like, that's just something I find myself saying a lot. Mm -hmm. And I feel very unsexy. But then I was like, man, cowgirls in anime. So cute. So sexy. Such big titties. And so I really wanted to do a photo shoot with that. And I finally made it happen this last pregnancy. Yeah. I had it all set up to do it when I was pregnant with uh, the first wolf cub, John. Well, our third child. (laughs) And then I went into labor. And I started pulling the costume out while I was in labor, and I was like, "We gotta get it done." <laughs> you were just, <laughs> but you were like, "No, dude." Yeah, a total nut. And uh, I got to do this photo shoot with my favorite photographer, which is Spencer. <laughs> oh, that guy's all right. <laughs> you know, he makes. I just feel comfortable I love Sir around Spencer. him. I love him too. <laughs> but yeah, we got it done, and then you shared one of the pictures because we haven't gone through and. Yeah, you know, touched man, up time. the photos or whatever with the lighting. So, but you posted one for the new year, and that made me so excited. I did. I good. got it done. Touched one up. <laughs> touched one up. I touched one up. Yeah, go touch a cowgirl. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. And then uh, we had a sleepover in the bowl for the new year. That's right. Yeah, because um, there's no other place to sleep in the house. Some of you may here. recall that uh, New Year's Eve gets quite shooty around here. And uh, actually, I think I have a, a clip still somewhere of we, we did the way too many people took over the no agenda stream. I think it was uh, I want to say it was three New Year's ago. I want to say it was like to, to ring in 2020, but it might have been to ring in 2021. Might have been two years ago. Two two new new year years ago. That damn time thing. That time again. It's it's fucking me. Uh, but oh yeah, here it is. Wow. I am. Oops. There's a good one. You hear that one? <laughs> I was gonna. That pull. was a nine. That was a nine for sure. That was probably two streets over. There's the thirty round clip, dude. You hear that? Yeah, so that's anyway, our hood. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> pretty much uh, par for the course on New Year's Eve. Fourth uh, of July too is a nightmare, but on Fourth of July there's far more fireworks than bullets, and on New Year's Eve there's far more bullets than fireworks. Yes, uh, and on both occasions there are also copious amounts of M80s and uh, I don't know, probably fucking quarter sticks and all kinds of crazy explosive shit. I don't really know. And just, I can just kind of guess from hearing. I can hear kind of what most of the guns are, but uh, 
the explosions, you know, are a little bit different story. I'm not as not I'm not as uh I'm not as familiar with the explosives. There was at least one victim this year of getting hit with a bullet during all this celebratory gunfire. God, it makes me so mad every um, year. Yeah. It makes me really mad too. And they do it till three AM, so Ah, had a uh, camp out with the kids and the bull. Yep, we just hunkered down in the basement because, you know, the bullets can't come through three floors. Nope. Uh, Counting the roof and then the top floor and then the bottom floor. Yeah. There's enough layers of protection to be reasonably safe. I have had caught, uh, we have caught holes in the roof before. Yep. But uh, never got past the attic. Yeah, that's where they stay. (sighs) Ignorance. Shit's just ignorant. That's ignorant. Oh my god. Yeah. It is, but I can't go tell everyone. They don't care. No, no, the cops actually post publicly on their Twitter that uh, everybody stay safe and that they're going to park underneath overpasses during the whole thing. So they pretty much just broadcast (laughs) that they don't enforce any kind of celebratory shooting bans. And uh, it's just completely brazen. Yep. On on the hood mic. That's the hood mic. (laughs) Nice. It's not racist. It's a fact. Yep. That's just uh, that's just life here. Yes, life in the hood. Mm-hmm. You gotta <laughs> you gotta remember your celebratory gunfire days and uh, put your children in the rooms accordingly. That's right. Uh, pisses me off. Yeah, and our oldest is, you know, now she's like aware and uh, gun safety trained, so she's like. But why? That's stupid. Guns are for killing people. And I'm like, hey, yeah. You want to go tell them that? <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Don't even get me started. Been Par for the course. I hate it. I hate it. And we it just partied in the bowl. Makes New Year's uh, a little less fun. That's but, true. Uh, I am, I'm excited about the new year. Yeah. And, uh, what we may be able to accomplish, what we might accomplish. There's so many... Um, so many things on my to-do list, and I really want to hone in on some of those and, like, plant them this year, you know? Definitely. Uh, I've been working on this studio and rearranged a bunch of stuff yet again. It's looking awesome. So I have my four displays kind of tighter now, so I don't have to crank my head so far to see all four of them. They're kind of all now reasonably accessible. And two of them in the middle are stacked one on top of the other, which I should have done a long time ago, frankly. But, you know me... I do it the dumb way for a long time and then kind of work my way back up to the, you know, less dumb way or something. I'm not sure exactly. And you push the guest table up against the wall, which really opened the bowl up. Yes. Yes, I did. Now we have a dance floor. Yeah, I tried. This is a major upgrade. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, because you were bitching about the guitar cases earlier. Yes. Replace the guest table with a couch put the guitar cases behind the couch and then just have a coffee table in front of it which we have a coffee table already and you can put the mics on that coffee table yeah this is definitely not the final version i can tell you that but it's better well i'm getting a clearer ver- uh, vision in my mind i of like a that butter idea. bowl setup mm-hmm. as we're cleaning this space i do want it to be able to like be able to just morph into a in-person guest scenario that's like not weird. Yeah, we've tried it before, and it's always just like, you know, because mine mine faces the corner, my whole desk setup. So I'm like sitting in the corner, facing the corner, like like a bad boy. <laughs> He's done something <laughs> wrong and is being punished. 
And um, like then the guests just kind of kinda like sit behind me and look at the back of my head the whole time, which, you know, it, it doesn't make for a bad podcast because really you just need to hear people. Um, but it's also, there's like a little bit of weirdness there. So I don't know. Just figuring it out, you know. Yeah, one gotta, bowl at a time. One bowl at a time. That's absolutely right. Oh, man, what else have we done? Uh, we had Christmas at Pops. Yeah. That was slightly before New Year. Our third Christmas celebration. Uh, Yeah, there's just a lot of Christmases. In fact, you know what? We keep Christmas going. We do. We're going to keep Christmas going tonight. Um, We got these, uh, the moose mugs out of uh, Christmas uh, vacation. You know, Christmas that, vacation. That Chevy Chase and them are all drinking the eggnog out of. And I figure I needed some practice. Uh, and I'm kind of like, I had this blue balls over this, um, Abelcraft postponement, right? Yeah. And so I figured, Hey, why not just practice tonight? Make sure that, uh, my brandy and eggnog drinking abilities are sound. Cause you know, I don't, I want to just like do the very first, the dry run there on, uh, on Abelcraft. I can do that here in the bowl. And I think people will be a little more forgiving. Then if it goes wrong, I can make adjustments on how to actually drink the brandy and eggnog. And, uh. By the time we hit Abelcraft, it'd be perfect, polished. Um, Saturday, by the way. This Saturday? This Saturday. We're going to uh, do it and uh, put it out there. Doing so, it live? I know I've said this once before and been wrong before, so we'll say it again. Now, of course, uh, a big Christmas-saving mission did come up, and Abel Kirby got stuck in some weather uh, up there on his way to the North Pole, so... I understand, and I know he saved Christmas it because it was a fantastic Christmas. His mission was accomplished, so, um, the, you know, there's no ill will at all or salty feelings. It is uh, all gravy and all wonderful, and we will do the uh, Abel Craft you just ready. on Saturday. You were ready. I was just so excited. I was like, yum, yum, yum. But I wouldn't have, if we would have done it on time, I wouldn't have had these lovely mugs to drink. It just would have been it's all true. improper. And I also wouldn't have had tonight to practice with the lovely mugs, so. So the bowlers say, Brandy, <laughs> you're a fine girl. <laughs> oh, me, oh, my. Yes. I introduced you to that song. We have, uh, you did. You and did. you introduced me to Brandy. <laughs> yeah. When I was just a young lass. Yes. <laughs> I remember. But I knew that song since I was like three. Yeah, you were like 18. And I was like, this is what Brandy is. And I was like, yum. <laughs> Warms now the belly. Yeah. Now we shall enjoy it with some eggnog. There you go. In the traditional sense. The traditional, and the moose mug. The traditional manner, yes. The manner of the moose. The uh, manner of the moose. What else do I got on here? Oh, yeah. While I was at Pops, uh, finished the tile job. That's like the never-ending story. Yeah, the never-ending tile job. So now the basement is all the way done. There was just, There were only six tiles, and it was kind of the transition coming in from the garage. And they were just weird cuts, and it was getting too late, so I just didn't do them last time. But I figured, hey, we're going up there. Got to do that part. So those are all set and glued in. That It's just got to be grouted. It's like a tiny area mm. that needs to be grouted over there. And then the basement is settled. And then it, all that remains, so it's not like the tile job is done, but the basement is done. Still got to do the bathroom down there, and then the front landing. Mm. So it's like... Little victories, little bites at a time. Hum, 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 look, progress. You had a, an elbow injury come out of this tile job. Yeah, what was up with what that? What was up with that? I just, <laughs> I, all I did was I went like this. I turned my torso like uh -huh. this. Whoosh. And apparently, 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 
uh, my elbow was just laying on a cut tile, or not a cut tile, a broken piece of tile. Ugh. Those things are razor sharp. It doesn't take anything at all. So I just moved, sliced right on my elbow, bleeding all over the place. Pissed off because it, you know, it takes time. You got to go up and stop bleeding and like dress the wound and all this shit. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. You're a perfectionist <sighs> with the tile stuff. Well, it's just got to look nice. I don't know about Your perfectionist, was, but. You were down there for a while and we could obviously hear the saw cutting the tiles and whatever. And your dad's like, it's just six tiles. I'm like, yeah, but he's going to get them right. <laughs> I did have to recut one. Um, I'm such an idiot. Uh, I, I draw the tile out, right? When you have to cut it. And then I even, like, I know that I'm going to fuck it up if I don't. So I make these big X's on the part so that you need to cut off, right? Okay. And so then it's really obvious when you're looking at the tile. All right, cut the X parts off. And then you got the clean parts left. And I just cut a clean part off. Like, I'm cutting. I made a cut. And then I make another long cut. And then I pick up what I have left. And it has, like, two big X's on it. And it's too small. And I'm like, huh? And I pick up the other piece. And it has an X and a blank, and it's also too small. And I'm like, oh, I just cut the wrong fucking line, man. Dang. So I had to recut that one. But hey, everything else went nice. Oh, that's good. Everything else went nice. And it looks so beautiful. Yeah. Yep. No doubt about it. Progress. Slow and steady. And then you get to, you know, tile my kitchen. I would love to okay. tile your kitchen. <laughs> that's a that's a very low on the to-do list. Not a euphemism. Hey. Um. Yeah, I have been working on rearranging the studio, and also moving where I want the node to be. So I think I have that settled. And I was actually looking into like building it. I was going to launch this new node today, and I just need I need to find like a couple of pieces of advice, and hopefully I I doubt this exists, but it probably halfway exists. Some sort of uh, idiot-friendly walkthrough, like a slight handhold of how to build this on an alternative platform. Now, there is a whole folder on Raspy Blitz GitHub called Alternative Platforms, and I've read it at least seven times uh, throughout the last year and a half. And um, I still don't understand 100% what I've got to do. Uh, if you build on a Raspy Blitz, or if you build on a Raspberry Pi, I should say, raspy blitz or the umbral or anything else uh, i would assume those are the only two things i've actually seen be built or been involved with you have a little sd card that you flash the operating system onto and that's your boot drive is just a little sd card and the think center does not have an sd card so i'm wondering mm. can i do an sd that's inserted into a thumbstick can i just do it on a thumb drive could i do it partitioned on the built-in drive I don't know. I need to figure out these things. I do have a SSD, one terabyte SSD hooked up to it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just, I need a, I need to do a little bit more research before I pull the trigger because I want it to be right. And I also want to play with the uh, 1.9 version, which the, the test images have been built for Raspi Blitz 1.9. And its release will be imminent in the next month or two, but it's not out yet officially it's not released it's just being tested and so i figure hey if it's a brand new node i can just put minimal funds on it and just get something started anyway just channel to all of my known homies 
not try to route or nothing, just just test stuff. And then maybe we can start to get a little bit more crazy um, once the tests go good and once the version gets released and all that shit. So, you know, uh, when it's time, it'll be time. That's what I'm trying to say. Speaking of time, I had a great time while rearranging the studio last night. Uh, listening to Adam on Hawk Story. Oh, that was a fantastic show. Always great uh, when he drops by the smoker, but uh, man, last night, it was like a, unexpected. They got into like a lot of kind of theological discussion or not not even that deep. It was just kind of more just regular people talking about uh, God and the state of uh, society, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't want to spoil it away because you've got to go over to hogstory.net and listen to the latest one, but is there episode 333, which, of course, had to be a special one. And, uh, they played my voicemail, and that's where I got the, the, I love Sir Spencer clip that I played in the intro. I love Sir Spencer. Um, that was just, I don't know, I still don't really actually have words for, um, how warm that made me feel. Um, specifically Fletcher saying, like, um, he just made this observation. He, he said that I had like, uh, like I stuck to my guns and had the courage of my convictions. And like, it's, it's funny because I, I understand I can kind of maybe come off as like abrasive or stubborn to some people. And, um, like, I don't really want it necessarily that like, I don't mean when I go hard at people, I don't really mean like, I fucking hate you and you suck. I just like, I always say what I mean. And like, state what I think, and I don't really, like, hold my tongue very well, and I just, over a lifetime of, like, I don't know, upsetting a lot of people doing that, I've just decided, like, I have to just go with it, I have to just <laughs> be misunderstood sometimes, rather than be, I don't know, fake any times. Does that make sense? I guess. I, it's but- like, like, it's why I'm blocked by JCD, for instance. Like, that's just one, like, example of how... I can let my mouth get me in trouble. This is a quality I appreciate about you, though, because I never have to guess with you. You know, you're always forthcoming about where you stand and what you believe, and, you know, you're good at directing me. And I'm crazy and do crazy <laughs> shit. Uh, this, is the, this is a little bit longer of a clip. I, I love Sir Spencer. He is, he's just crazy. He just <laughs> does crazy shit. So there you go. <laughs> well, you got to stay dangerous. <laughs> That's right. Christopher Battles told us. Yeah. If you're not saying, Ca-ca! Ca-ca! I don't know what the hell you're doing. Uh, but no, everyone, that's that's a required lesson for sure. Yeah, it was a great Hog one. Story 333. And then uh, followed up by Behind the Schemes, they had a, like a Fetty gangbang. Yeah. Fetty, Fetty gangbang on there with uh, Boobery and Lavish having three additional guests. Uh, they had Cool Boy Mew and... No, you shut the fuck up, Dad. From uh, I think they're both on Shit Poster, right? Shitposter dot club, and they do an Animu podcast together. And then they also had uh, Ricky, Ricky, who runs the Spook dot Social instance. I think he like handles the infrastructure for that. So, yeah, it was it was a fun conversation. It was cool to kind of hear takes on the Fediverse and uh, stuff like that. So it was a great Monday night. And he got them all value enabled. He did, man. He, Boober, he's handing out sats like uh, like they're going out of style. Um, Value pilling the masses. He, he's handing out sats with the confidence that they will be so in style one day. But, oh my God. 
Can you imagine like the future when everybody's handing out sets and doing sets and knows about sets and and it's like wicked easy to do and it just happens like nobody even thinks about it. Everybody takes it for granted. We're gonna be those old fucks walking around going. Back in my day, we had to stream sets over Sphinx, and no one knew what the fuck was going <laughs> on. Ugh, Sphinx. So long ago, <sighs> but not. I know that was also last year. I know. Well, two, uh, was that two years I think ago? We just hit the two-year mark. Yep. All right, but lit. Time flies when you're streaming sets, man. Lit was last February. Lit was last February. Coming up on the year anniversary of that. Wow. Yeah, Feb- uh, February twentieth is when we. Sat down with Dave Jones and went uh, live for the first live item experience. Uh, I wonder. I should. I should uh, get in touch with uh, Mr. Jones. See if he wants to. Yeah. Revisit this last year and talk about you know what 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 do we do next? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Do I have any New Year's resolutions? Because oh, just speaking of Dave Jones, my New Year's resolution is to try and ask one question on every Bulls with Buds. Ooh, I like this. I because like then that. There you maybe go. then I will stop being so shy. Yeah, kind of, uh, you know, activate the convo a little bit more. I like that resolution. Yeah. That's a great one. I'm just like so in awe of our Buds that no one realizes this, okay? But I just, our Buds are awe-inspiring to me. And I just sit and I take it in and I nod and, like, no one knows that. They probably think I'm on my phone ignoring them or some <laughs> shit. But I'm really, I'm engaged. I just am like, no, 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 you keep talking. Like, I don't, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm just here for the, like, I'm here because of Spencer. Seriously, though, d- d- can I bring up the Fountain Rewind? Oh. How bowl after bowl yes, snuck in. You should because to uh, number ten, yeah, on their rewind. That's because of you, because you got the you got us rocking and rolling, value enabled so early on in twenty twenty two. That's all thanks to you. It took me, you know, two months to build my umbral, not to actually build it, but to just finally be like, okay, I need a node. Sure, just to go from uh, knowing you wanted it to actually having it. Yes, kind of. Exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be on my list and I totally spaced it. But yeah, yeah, I will, I'll definitely uh, run that over. Yeah, um, we'll come back to it. Yeah, fuck yeah. it. Let's just talk about it now. Okay. Uh, yeah, Fountain had their, because we're talking New Year's and all, uh, their 2022 Rewind. And I just want to thank all the bowlers who have stuck with us throughout the whole journey. You know, you guys were on Sphinx even though... It was difficult to navigate. Let's just put it uh, like that. Just getting an account set up. I remember I had to try like three times. And, and um, I had to burn one. And um, Whether it's Fountain or Podverse or CurioCaster, all these different apps that uh, we read boosts from all the time. Boost CLI, people boosting directly from their node. Uh, boost coming in right now as I speak. <laughs> Thank you, Booberry, uh, which we will get to in just a few minutes. Yeah, the... Uh, the amount of of love and determination from the bowlers, I think, really speaks volumes to the whole thing. The people who say it's too hard, or that you can't, it can't be done, or my mom can't do it. Like, we don't need your mom. Uh, the people who really do genuinely care can figure it out, even though it starts. It definitely starts above your pay grade. The first time you get into any of this, the first time you make a Bitcoin transaction at all. Uh, boost or no boost like all of it's above your pay grade until you do it 
it's all overwhelming until you actually, you know, get after it and uh, get your hands dirty. The when I teach coding during the day, I we all have like these quotes, like developee quotes or inspirational quotes. Everyone has different quotes on their background image, like our virtual background. On uh, mine's a Patrick McKenzie quote. Every great developer you know got there by solving problems they were unqualified to solve until they actually did it. And this is true not just for developers, but anybody using any software. It's for, it's true for the end user as well. Uh, nobody is qualified to do this shit when you start doing it. You gotta actually get in the car and drive and learn. The first time you put a car from park into drive, you are not qualified to drive that car. But you, But you gotta do it. You have to, even though you are totally unqualified, you have to get in and do it and keep doing it while you suck and get better and better at it. And that's been totally true, this boosting thing too. Um, I'm kind of grateful that it's not been a total easy breezy thing too. There's a certain quality filter that comes along with that and people might not want to admit that or people might think that's, you know, harsh or elitist or snobbish to say, but... It's just a natural fact. If it would, if any, if literally any bot or asshole could do this, it would suck. It'd be like uh, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, or everything else. Everything else that sucks. <laughs> Booberry's right. Labor walled. There is a there's a tiny bit of effort required. You know, like a little bit more than a captcha. Uh, and you and you have to learn terms that you've never heard before, and you have to. Uh, you know, do the on-chain, off-chain, cocaine, shit-stain dance. And, and, you know, these words don't make sense at the beginning. Uh, so anyway, back to Fountain Rewind. Um, I was so tickled that we were <laughs> we just barely made the top ten cut. It reminds me of the last time that they did the Rewind thing. Uh, that was the kind of the first big blog we were ever featured in on Fountain was the top earners of 2021. That's right. And they did a blog about and we were number five, and they kind of featured the top five all big and prominent. And we were just barely in there by the skin of our teeth on that one, too. Um, so it's, it's you know, the there's definitely growth there. And we see other shows coming in, getting value-enabled, and, and shows that have way more listeners and way more downloads than we do. Um, above and below us, in fact, on the li- on the list. But uh, we did hang in there at the 10th spot, and <laughs> the the write-up that they did, so they did a little write-up for everybody, <laughs> and the write-up they did for us really cracked me up, because it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, I'll just read it to you. Spencer and Lorian may have the fewest number of supporters of all the shows in the top 10, <laughs> but they have earned their place due to the sheer number of sats they, their lawyer, loyal listeners send. Sorry, I fucked that up so bad. Uh, don't be fooled into thinking Bowl After Bowl is a show about getting high. Although there are bulls involved, thank you. Some might place it in the global affairs category. We would put it in a category of its own, as there's really nothing else quite like it. Which, the TLDR of that is essentially like, Hey, bull after bull, they're number ten, we have no fucking idea how or what the show's about. No one listens to it, we can tell that, but <laughs> somehow people are sending them sats, so good job, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like oh, there's really nothing else quite like it well I suppose that much is true and uh, we thank the bowlers because that's why yeah thank you bowlers uh, that's why there's nothing else quite like it because we you know 
the bowlers. We have the bowlers in the bowl. So uh, edging out and uh, pushing Peter McCormick down to spot 11. Um, there's just something a little bit mind-froggling about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> the guy who's uh, talking about Bitcoin and Lamborghinis and shit. Um, yeah. And another thing, I want to be clear, too, about this. Like, another thing is that uh, many of these shows in the in the top ten, you, you'll notice Curry has several. Of course. Uh, many of us who don't have the audience, let's say, of like a, uh, oh, I don't know what Bitcoin did with Peter McCormick or uh, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin and or some of these other shows that kind of got edged out of the top 10 is that uh, there's no ask, there's no segment, there's no feedback loop there. Like those shows never ask their audience to check out Fountain or try to do something hard. Uh, Those shows beg you for five stars on iTunes. Um, Blew my mind actually because the first time I heard... um, Oh damn it! Now I'm not gonna remember his name, but the the MIT kid from Space Force, uh, Jason Lowry. Uh, first time I heard him on a podcast, there was at the very end, uh, the host said, um, "If you found any value in this show and in this program," and I'm like when he said that, my ears perked up, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, yeah, I, I, I might have found some value. What, 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 what should I do about it?" He said, "Go on iTunes and give us a five star review." Oh, <laughs> bitch, what? That's the ceiling you're placing on me. Like, uh, the, the, if, if I found it valuable, what I should do is go on iTunes, no thank you, and give you a five-star review. Click here. No. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, Pathetic. no, no, no. We want, uh, we want our bowlers to do something that's maybe a little out of their comfort zone because you start doing it now, and then years down the road, you're going to look back and... You can be proud of something that you learned and a new skill you can uh, acquire, and it's not just so we can acquire sats. Like what we uh, what we love the bowlers to do is to go out there and get some sats and send some if you found value in the show this way. But just get some for yourself too. Like I don't want you to be putting twenty bucks in every week and then it all comes this way because uh, a you're thinking about twenty bucks, which is not the mindset. And B, you're not stacking any for yourself. Like, you should be seeing your number go up week by week, too. And it's just, uh, this is the future, man. It's because we care about you. Gotta get out of that fucking dollar trap. We all know that it's just a house of cards waiting to tumble. So, you know, when, when it tumbles, do you have a plan? Do you have something else that you could lean on? It's, it's, it's a piece of a bigger picture. And so many of the bowlers get it, and that's why we love you guys so much was very pleased uh and humbled by that again um so thank you thank you and and uh let's thank some people specifically why not yes that's what we like to do kind of up front here at the start of the uh start of the format because that's how important it is to us you know the value comes in and we like to show gratitude to that and and uh read your messages and it's just part of the part of the experience Part of the bowl experience. I'm actually going to pull up your helipad too because, again, uh, I only missed one this time, but my node did miss uh, one of these dang old boosts that came in funny enough from Fountain. So uh, while I'm reading that, I will find also my delineator. Every time I see Harv Hat, there he is. Uh, 1420 sats on the outro. So that's Ooh. how I know when the show ended. 
So I just look back in the history for that. And then my next entry in Helipad is a little Hey Citizen boost. But before that, let me look at yours. We did get a thousand sats out of Fountain from Tom Zerbisan. Well, thank you, Tom. Tom and then uh, Z-A-R-E-B-C-Z-A-N. So I know I probably butchered that like uh, like a BTS goat, but um, there you have it. We appreciate your thousand sats. Out of Fountain uh, four days ago. So much appreciated. Uh, next up, Hey Citizen, like I said, he sent us in uh, the trusty old 6969. And uh, he said, by the way, he's using Podverse to boost this. He said, sending GNU slash Linux and software Freedom Karma your way for 2023, year of the Linux desktop. Well, cheers to you and uh, desktop Linux explosion. Here it comes. Here it comes. In fact, I think I have a clip of the Linux uh, desktop year right here. I'm going to come. It's on its way. Oh, there it was. On its way. Uh, 420 sats from uh, Left Nut. Out of Curiocaster, <laughs> who says testicle? Uh, I think it's work. Uh, it's work. It's workical. <laughs> we have confirmation, Nicole. Thank you, Left Nut. Uh, thirty-three, thirty-three coming in out of Fountain. Woo! That's from Booley Steed, also known as Bowley Steed. That's right, round these parts. Also known as Boosty Steed. We could go on. Welcome to Sanity Corner, she says from Fountain. Well, thank you. Yes, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for your boost. The bowl keeps my sanity going, too. I am losing my sanity because I keep... <laughs> I'm so fucking bad with fucking with the mic, especially with a new... I changed my uh, mic stand, too, which is not good. I'm, like, trying to find my sweet spot for the mic stand <laughs> the new setup. So, uh, dumbass me, I'm, like, pushing around on it and stuff. 4269, coming in from Harv Hat. He's using Boost CLI, so he's boosting directly from his own, own node using command line interface. A fantastic way to live. Very cool, very legal. You look like a hacker, even though it's not that hard. It, none of this is that hard. You, it, it, it's wild. Like, it's very intimidating from the outside when you have no experience, just like anything else in life that you may have learned. Uh, cooking an omelet before you had ever cooked one, it's a little bit, you know, messy. It's like, uh, how do I actually do all the steps? Uh, I need to watch it a couple times. And then it becomes second nature. That's how this goes, too. Um, and so thank you, uh, Harvhat. Boo CLI like a boss. 11111 from Boobery. Coming in. That's five sticks in a row. And uh, he's boosting also from Boost CLI. Speak of the boost. <laughs> he says, the fuck is Sphinx? <laughs> Pulling out the desk bourbon and pouring one out. F, press F. Uh, press F in the chat because I did remove Sphinx Relay from the node. So you guys know uh, over the last few episodes, I've been having some fucking node woes. No uh, secret there. No secrets. It's uh, especially if you have a channel to me and uh, it is force closed at any time over the last, uh, let's say, six weeks. A little six-week cycle of force closes. Uh, seems to be that I reflash, everything's cool, everything runs smooth, and then you just gotta wait a few days, and then things start to bog down. I think it's just memory overload. I think the pie just can't handle, like, all this shit. Mm. And one of the shits was Sphinx Relay running. Um, another shit was Mempool running. Uh, there's a bunch of bloat that I just have taken off 
because I'm just trying to run just what I absolutely need. And what I absolutely need is helipad and the boost bots and tunnel sats. And so everything else, um, I'm, I also run uh, Thunderhub too. So those four things, that's it. And I'm just trying to kind of cut down on what the node is doing in the background and how many services there actually are. Because, god dang, it gets very annoying to just be like offline, online, offline, online, offline, online. So, yes. Pour one out for Sphinx. Because they're, they're still the true OG. And uh, there's always be a special place in my heart for Sphinx. Um, if you still, by the way, hang out in the Sphinx or have if you've posted there, I will be... Up totally upfront and honest with you the last time i was on it was probably about two months ago and the only posts had been me for the last maybe six months uh maybe a little bit longer but let's say six months and um when i when i switched my phone you may remember that the the dude did the wipe before i could move everything over and you gotta move you gotta export your keys if you want to move phones with Sphinx or if you want to move any kind of applications with Sphinx. And I don't have a desktop client that's uh, that has those keys backed up. Like it was all on that phone. So those particular keys for the user, like I probably could reclaim the tribe with help from, uh, from Paul over there. And maybe I will one day, but like, like if you're still on the Sphinx, please let me know. Spencer at bullafterbull.com. But if you're not, if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, uh, then it may not be worth the effort because I also have a lot of other shit that I need to get done. <laughs> and uh, you know how I am with to-do lists. So, uh, like, if there's a need and a love for it, I'm there. I'm 100% uh, 100% there. <laughs> uh, I'll give 110%. But, uh, you know, if not, why uh, why try to force a round peg into a square hole, you know what I'm saying? No, no just, just feels a little rapey. Uh, three, two, one, two, three. Counting down and back up again. That's Servo coming at you from CurioCaster, looks like. And uh, he boosts and says, uniqueness sats. Ah. <laughs> Thank you, Servo. Servo, showing us a little unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. I don't know, that's like some kind of vocal warm-up, right? Yeah, that's uh, one of them. There's also... The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, mm. and many more. Like, she sells seashells by the seashore. Not just a general, That's just a tongue twister. Yeah, that's just a general tongue twister. Although, I'm sure they can work for the same purposes. Uh, we appreciate you, Servo. One of the uh, resident lightning uh, brainy boys, which, if you get any one of us on our own and ask us, uh, we'll all tell you that we're straight up retarded also, and we're just, you know, making it work as we go. Uh, none of us really fully grasp and understand all of this, but we can get it working, and that's all that matters in the end of the equation. Because, uh, you know, number go up, boost go bing. There you have it. Brainy is very generous, says Servo. Yeah, that's spoken like a true brainy boy. There you have it. Uh, 14732 sats from Bully Steed coming in, uh, again and out of Fountain. Uh, good people if the bowl boost. Good people of the bowl boost, excuse me. Yes, good people of the bowl. People round the bowl. Join hands. Start a boost train. Boost train. Yeah. yeah. Choo choo. Choo choo. Chugga chugga, motherfucker. Also coming in out of Fountain, 16680, 
from our boy N.A. Millennial. Hey, Nam. Coming in out of Fountain. Thank you. I didn't say Fountain yet. Fountain. Um, we're in the city of Fountain, so Fountain is right up our alley. I'm pretty hard right now, he says. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. I heard there was a uh, certain generational bulge, population bulge, something of that nature. There was definitely a bulge going on today on the on the MMO.show that you will only, you'll have to see, uh, hear for yourself in order to believe it. Oh my God, yes. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for your hard sat, sir. So hard. Appreciate you. And uh, yes, that is the the helipad we kind of did things in a reverse order didn't we we played a little reverse uno card because i usually start with the paypals but hey the boosts and we were already talking about the fountain so the fountain uh uh rewind sat streaming in if you haven't streamed sats get on it that's right and if you do see stream sats thank you very much and uh always welcome any notes uh at Either show at bullafterbull.com. That will go to both of our email addresses, or you could just send it directly to either one of us. I'm Spencer at bullafterbull.com. And I'm Lorian, L-A-U-R-I-E-N, at bullafterbull.com. And there you go. Uh, as far as the PayPals, you can get to that by going to bullafterbull.com and clicking the donate button at the bottom of any page. Woof. Uh, Eric PP coming in hot. Uh, and he says, oh, by the way, 33333 sats. Ooh. This is a five banger. Cheers, my brother. Uh, he says, CLI is the only way to boost. Cheers, Eric PP. And uh, <laughs> 20,023 sats from Oma. Sir Oma. Ah, Sir Oma. Happy New Year. Coming out of Fountain saying, New Year, new sats. Cheers. Much appreciated. I love those uh, last minute boosts. They're like, oh, God, he's going to the PayPal. Get him off of that shit. Come over here. Yeah. I love it. You, too, should boost. Go to nudepodcastapps.com. That's right. Take all your clothes off. Open your web browser. Navigate to nudepodcastapps.com. And pick you one out. You're looking for something that has the value tag. Um, that's what you want. That's what uh, you can boost and stream with. Uh, looking at the PayPals, we had a... Uh, JS came up uh, coming in. JS says, I got five on it, and indeed he did send five dollars. I'm just using initials here because I didn't really get any indication of uh do you want to use the name or the full name or the whole name or I know who it is. Oh. If that's okay. Yeah. Face to the screen. Oh, face to the screen. Cheers, face to the screen. Appreciate that. I was during the last bowl. That's right. It came in during the show, and so I didn't see it until after the show, so I wanted to uh Make sure that got thanked, thanked, thanked. Yes, thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, also, Kevin S. Kevin! Our buddy Kevin S. of the Central Coast of California with his monthly $5. So um, that is a wonderful, wonderful contribution that uh, just keeps on giving automatically every month. And we appreciate that very much because things like the Linode server that runs... This live stream you're listening to right now, if you're listening live, uh, comes out of there every month. So it uh, keeps us afloat with the monthlies, and we really appreciate that very much. You heard some pins just now, and that was the rowdy reverend Sir Rev to you, Cyber Trucker, coming in with 3333. Woohoo! 33,333 sats coming in from Fountain. He says, boost it. Boost, boost. Looks like you done did boost it, sir. I appreciate that very much. 
Appreciate all of the uh, support. You guys are the best. You guys are the greatest. Yeah, thank you, bowlers. Bowlers of all And of times. course, there's non-monetary ways to contribute value. That's right. Value doesn't start and stop at uh, dollars and cents or sats and bitcoins. That's right. You can send us art, send us stories, send some ISOs for the board, or... You can just uh, pick up your phone and leave us a voicemail. We have a topic every week, a first-time-I-ever topic, and this week we want to hear about the first time you ever got a present you didn't want. So, pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of We won't screen it, we'll just play it. And if you're voice shy or have poor reception, you can send a text message or a picture message too. Standard message and rate apply. <laughs> I don't know, I just I get a kick out of saying that as if people don't know uh, that texts. I mean, text costs no money anymore. It's just baked in, everything's baked in, man. It's just baked in. You know what else is baked in? Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, what else? Value. Love it. Uh, no, what else? Now you got me. Oh, here's a bowl Another smash. Another boost. Uh, 14732 from Bully Steed. I love that. Uh, she's on that 14732 train. Sing boost train, boost train jingle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want it again? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh. <sighs> I gotta you get want back me to do the, it? It's like a, it's like a one-off. Uh, uh, I was in the right mood. Uh, people in the bowl, <laughs> hold hands, start a booze trade, booze trade. That's one of those ones you can't go back and do. That's pretty good, though. I'm fucking stupid. I'm sorry. I love you. Booze train, booze train. There's a straightforward <laughs> little booze train. There you go. Booze train Here, in take- the main vein. Uh, boost train and some brandy in your moose mug. Here you go. <laughs> I popped you. that. Where, I was like, where the hell is this goddamn brandy going to come in? I don't know. We're threatening it. And, uh, there we go. It has arrived. A little splish splash of brandy. That's just in time to, uh, flip over to this. Well, I know that I've made people want to build a node, and I know I've also uh, confirmed for people that they never, ever want to build a node, ever, uh, listening to some of my uh, mishaps and trials and tribulations. But uh, like I said before, you know, it's part of the whole uh, personal responsibility section of life. Um, The important shit is rarely the easy shit. You know, that kind of doesn't really overlap a lot. You know, it's it's important that I get my trash out on trash day before the trash man shows up. But is it easy? No, my friend, it is not. And uh, we're talking on a similar level because is it is it rocket science? No, but uh, it does take some dedication. Let's say you have to be committed. You have to be in it to win it. You have to make sure them goddamn bags hit the curb. And uh, that's what I've been doing. The reflashes, man. The reflashes seem to help uh, temporarily. So I'm hoping that if I set it up on a NUC, 
Um, for instance, I just have a little think center, so that's what I'm going to set it up on. And maybe that'll just have a lot more CPU processing power, be beefier, and uh, enabled me to get shit done. I'm sorry I waited nearly an hour to say it to everybody in the bowl here, but happy Genesis block day. Oh, happy Genesis block day. This is the perfect time to say that. It is. It is the perfect time. Uh, I figured I'd leave it for this uh, lovely segment. And for those of you, by the way, new to the segment, I guess this is a good show to kind of re-explain that uh, on-chain, off-chain, cocaine, shit stain just kind of was a non-sequitur that uh, came to me out of the blue. I would say I came up with it, but really it just, it came to me out of the ether. Like I, it wasn't really my idea. It just popped into my brain. Um, God whispered it into my ear, let's say. And um, it's just a kind of take on this word vomit that we as node operators, node operators or, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even consider myself a lightning dev at all because I haven't really built anything on Lightning. But uh, anybody in this world of trying to figure out Lightning and running your own infrastructure, uh, you, you're kind of involved in this word vomit that doesn't make sense until it does. And you have to learn these things like, what is an on-chain transaction versus what is an off-chain transaction? Well, uh, the infamous on-chain started 14 years ago today with the Genesis block, the first link in that chain. And uh, that was the block that was hard-coded to be uh, the first the first payment, the first entry in the ledger, if you will. Um, I, I actually learned a couple of things about the Genesis block while reading today, including that it was hard. I never knew it was hard-coded, uh, hard-coded into the software. You know, it couldn't be generated because it's the first one. So new blocks are generated... Uh, using a little bit of randomness in a proof-of-work system. And you have to prove uh, a number of things. You have to prove that you did work. You also have to prove that uh, the chain of custody is still correct, and so the the hash has to match the previous block hash and has to be valid. And uh, block zero, there's no ancestral blocks before it. It's the very first one, so it can't do some of the things that every block is required to do. So because of that, the Coinbase reward of 50 Bitcoin that every block started getting before there were any halvenings. Um, the Coinbase reward, by the way, I should break all this down. The Coinbase reward is the reward that miners earn for mining each block. And so the one that was rewarded to the Genesis block is actually not spendable. And uh, there is a Bitcoin address associated with the Genesis block. And... Over the last, you know, 14 years that Bitcoin's been around, a number of dust transactions have been sent to the wallet. In fact, a lot of Bitcoiners use today, uh, as part of their celebration, they'll send a tiny amount, they'll send a transaction to the Genesis block, essentially kind of tipping Nakamoto or tipping the system, but also, on the other side, sort of pitching Bitcoin down the well. It can never be, you know... Use they're putting in a kind of a black box, um, which is an interesting kind of concept. Interesting to think about, you know. You just kind of it is. It's like putting a penny in a wishing well, sort of a thing. Um, a little bit of gratitude and stuff like that. But yeah, we do have fantastic gratitude for Mr. Nakamoto. Of course, everybody who is enthusiastic about Bitcoin or has been around the space for a while knows the famous message. 
that uh, was included in the original Genesis block. The the Times, Chancellor on Brink of Second Bailout for Banks, the London Times headline from January 3rd of 2009. And um, there is, there's a little spot in each block that you could record an arbitrary message, and that's what uh, Satoshi chose to encode into the Genesis block. Uh, a bit of a coy message, but generally it's interpreted to just kind of be pointing out the system the systemic failures of the large central banks over the last, I mean, ever since they've existed. But uh, very notably, during the whole 2008 meltdown. And uh, at the time that the Chancellor was on the brink of considering a second bailout for all the banks that were failing and falling on their face, and, uh, you know, while the people never got a bailout, these uh, bankers that fucked everything up got bailed out. Uh Nakamoto was there birthing the solution, birthing the alternative, let's say, so you don't have to play in that bullshit-rigged system anymore. Crazy and fantastic. So it's a special day. And all the Bitcoiners out there, cheers. Cheers, my friends. Diamond hands all the way. Cheers. We're not selling. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. This is a... I had, of course, to talk about my reflash and, and, and waiting on building this third node until I get some more sage advice. Uh, but all of my domain renewals are coming in this year, too. I'm getting warnings of uh, ooh, auto renewal and all this and all that. <laughs> and one of them is uh, the uh, uh, uh redirect that we bought when uh, Metis' wife said, oh, you going on that Buds with Butts show? And uh, that's coming up for renewal, so I've got to decide, uh, do I pay $18 to keep that on for another year? And maybe I do, maybe I don't, I don't know. But I was hoping for Bowler's advice on that. Uh, Buds with Butts is very funny, but do you use it? Mm. Is it worth it? Um, SSL error? Oh, God. Maybe it's already bad. Oh, yeah, you just got to hit advance and proceed. Unsafe, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> nope nobody uses it apparently no one told me there was a cert error yeah nice little cert error there fantastic i should just uh i could fix that pretty pretty quickly but anyway yeah let me know if you use it or if you don't i don't know i want to also be a good steward of the value that is sent into the bowl and so um these kind of considerations i think are important to take seriously and revisit every once in a while I don't want to just get like domain crazy and then just be like spending the value that pours in on silly names that no one uses. So anyway, I thought I would bring that up and, and get your feedback or your advice, bowlers. Um, I've been meaning to talk about this for a few cycles now. Uh, Dave Jones wrote a sub stack about the live item tag. And in fact, we were talking earlier about the one year anniversary coming up of live item. Yes. Uh, that he helped us kick off. And he wrote a lovely substack. You may remember that he sent in a boost during the show. I want to say it was two episodes ago, but it might have been three now. Uh, at any rate, he let us know that he used our feed as an example in his substack, in his blog. And so he has a post on the Podcasting 2.0 substack called Live Podcasting the Open Way. Uh, podcast apps can easily support live podcasting now. And he's right. It's 
been out for a while. Uh, so this went live December 13th. So that indeed would have been three bowls ago. Three bowls ago. And I've been meaning to talk about this ever since and just keeps slipping my mind like a, like a goofus. I almost did that with the rewind, so I appreciate you reminding me tonight. Um, it's a great write-up. It just kind of details why it's a good idea, uh, what info goes in a live item tag, wh- uh, why it should be used, and really the gist of the live item is this. Our RSS feeds are a uh, it's just a it's just a list of data. It's just a file that holds data. And every item describes uh, essentially an event uh, or a piece of a, you know, a show. In our case, or in most podcasts case, every item represents a show um, and an episode most in in most cases. Um Abel Kirby and I put out an album where we did a similar thing, but the feed is an album and every item was a track on that album. So the idea with a live item is that there is a live experience that we deliver and we do our show live to tape. We do very little in post. We kind of scrunch the silences down a little bit and we put a funny ISO out of context at the beginning and, uh, you know, steal a little bit of tricks from the giants of whose shoulders we stand on. But, uh, essentially, we do just a tiny bit of post-production, and then we put it out there, and then that becomes a published episode or an item in our RSS feed. And that's how podcasting has worked since the very beginning. A live item has a specific purpose because the live show is a completely different experience. If you've, uh, if you've ever been live-pilled and if you've ever hopped in on a live show, uh, then you know this. You know that... Uh, it's, it's not always easy to listen live. There's a schedule commitment there. But there's also some sort of a difference in how things work, how things go down. Certainly there's the time that it starts and stops. There's the whole, is it live yet? Did they go live yet? There's, uh, you know, when is it scheduled? When is it go- supposed to start? Uh, when does it actually start? There are considerations like, who's the guest? Now that we have value in the namespace, there's things like, ooh, is there a guest with a value split in that live item tag? And so when a show is live and you're boosting the live show, podcast apps should be able to identify all of these things. And we can tell them right now. In fact, our show and our RS feed does tell any app that chooses to read it and interpret it correctly what's going on with the live show and who's in here and where their boost split should go and all of that jazz. There are currently two apps that support this podverse and curiocaster uh you can also boost the live item through boost cli so i suppose that should be added as well something i discovered today though if you go over to nudepodcastapps.com and you uh, sort by live and you look at uh what supports live only podverse shows up and i didn't know this until i saw a discussion on the github where somebody incorrectly identified that Pod, uh, Podverse was the only app supporting live. And it was like, uh, Curiocaster was the first. Yeah. Uh, Steven got that working first before anybody did live. So uh, everything is built on top of that. And, or at least built, built since that, I should say, just in the timeline. So I, uh, I made a PR to try and update that. Because uh, they should be showing live support. But regardless, that is a way for us to describe these special 
information about a live show. So the contrast here between Podverse, a Podverse experience versus a Fountain experience, let's just put them side by side. If I'm a live show listener, right now I can't open Fountain and hear this show currently. I have to wait until the show is published later tonight in order to actually listen to it in Fountain. So that's step one. Step two, some people listen and boost in different places just because of the experience. Uh, So a lot of the podcast apps that feature boosting um, haven't been around long enough to kind of perfect certain listening experiences that older apps that don't support boosting have figured out and have nailed down. Uh, And in fact, I still use Podcast Addict to listen to a lot of shows that are already published that I'm not listening to live. Um, Just because the experience, I'm so used to it and it's so streamlined. Rarely gives me any kind of errors or anything. So if that's the case and somebody is listening live via an online, you know, just an internet browser or via some other uh, app that does stream the live show, but they want to boost in Fountain they might be boosting they they have to go and make a decision essentially they can open fountain up and they can pick a previous episode to boost which is a little inaccurate cuz the boost reflects you know that they're boosting an older show when they might be listening live they can also just boost the show directly which is the main live item and that boost is split evenly between us with the boost bot getting a percent uh a percent split in order to work and send out the message, send out the boost. But the problem with that is if we have a Bowls with Buds guest on, then the guest doesn't get their split in these uh, apps that don't support live item. So live item is just a simple way to add a little bit more specific information of what's going on right now. And you can look it up and see the source of truth. Uh, The RSS feed itself is the source of truth. And so I can tell everybody else in the world, Hey, now we are live. I can flip this status from pending to live when I'm ready to go. And then people, like in Podverse, you get a notification that we go live. Hey, pull after pulls live. You tap there, it opens up, starts playing, it plays the live stream, and then you can boost to the correct splits. Uh, all, of, all of the apps should be catching up to this in 2023 for sure. Uh, if you're supporting boosting, then um, I think this is the year, this is the time to get the splits right for, for these guests that we're doing. Cause it's, it's a pain in the ass to have to juggle it behind the scenes and have to do the math and all of that. Like this whole thing was built to just automatically work. Booberry made a great prediction in the chat that if fountain implements live, uh, the no agenda stream shows will mop up the top five. I think so. Uh, cause and the live shows are, it's where it's at. Yeah. We're, we're all geared for live. Uh, the NA stream uh, shows we're all geared for live. And when, you know, um, when, when you have that boost uh, discrepancy, it's tough. It's tough to really be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go over and boost in this app that doesn't support it. Um, so people have to make some hard decisions, you know? And um, what I don't want to get into is like steering people in one app or out of another app. That's really not my game. I'm, I'm not into that. Yeah. You should use the app that you will use. It's kind of like, what's the best diet that you should go on? The one that you'll actually follow. What's the best workout plan? 
that you should uh, implement this year in 2023. The one you'll actually do. Same with boosting. What's the best app you to boost with? The one that you'll actually use. The one that you open up and go, oh, okay, I get it. I can use this. It's working. That's the one you want to use. So I don't like to steer people toward or away from any particular app. Um, and I also, you know, when we read the boost, we tell you right up who's boosting from where and we get a good mix of them. Yeah. It's so, really interesting. So like, that's not what I want. What I want is everybody to pick up live. And I've been hearing rumbles and rumors for a while that fountain's been working on this. So, uh, I think they will roll it out this year. Maybe even, maybe even soon. I have my fingers crossed, but, uh, uh, I think that that would put a lot more momentum behind live item just because they're sort of out front and flashy in general, you know, definitely. Um, they know how to do the press thing and, uh, get people talking and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that, that will be fantastic to see when they finally start, uh, supporting live item. And I think also, I mean, people should come and read, uh, podcasters too if you if you're like why the hell if you do a live show and you're like why the hell should i use live item please read this blog we'll post it again in the show notes we did post it uh three weeks ago in the show notes but i wanted to give it a little bit more attention because i think it deserves a good uh a good list here pod ping is another kind of piece of going live so that's the that's the way you actually can trigger the live notification that podverse sends out and then at the bottom here uh, Dave actually used a screenshot of our feed for an example live item because it's kind of, it's busy. It's busy. Uh, part of it is a chat attribution that we have in there, and that's Steven's uh, doing, Stephen Bell of, of CurioCaster. Uh, we kind of hacked that in there. It wasn't part of the official namespace, but um, we can actually designate a a chat link, and then it will pull up the Kiwi chat inside of CurioCaster when you're listening to it. So you can go directly into the chat, into the IRC, and kind of participate. Um, and that's directly in the live item tag, too. Uh, one last note about live item, and then I'll move down my list a little further. But we kind of also do our live items a little bit differently. Um, I've seen a few different ways to do it. So that's another nice thing about live item is there's flexibility in how you want to implement this thing. We always keep two live items in the feed. One for Tuesday nights, like tonight. It's just got the description of the Tuesday night show. It has a GUID that uniquely identifies each item, which I just change every every time to roll to the next episode that we're going to have. Um, the title never changes. It's just live bowl after bowl Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Central U.S. The description never changes. It's just the generic description of a Tuesday night show. Uh, nothing really changes except for the GUID and the status on that live item. When we go live, I flip the status to live. When we end the show and I want to tell apps like Podverse that we're done broadcasting, I'll flip it to ended and I'll send a pod ping that says we've ended the show. And we may still have the live stream on, but we're basically doing post-production stuff. And I can consider that after the official end of our Tuesday night show. Yeah, that I agree. That makes sense. So again, it doesn't mean that I turn the show off for people listening to it in Podverse. I just signal, hey, that's the end of the show officially. Um, and I would imagine if there's like a list of shows that are live, it'll just go away from that list, right? So if people are just scrolling through saying, hmm, what's live right now? I don't necessarily want to say, hey, we're live when we're just doing kind of post-show stuff, you know? 
and we're just bringing new people in off the street at that point. Um, right. Cause that's not our show. It's not a main show. Right. And then I just make it pending again. And I put the next episode's info in it, which is all I do is I change the start and end time and the GUID for the next episode number and then change it to pending. That's the first live item. The second live item is for the bulls with buds that we do every once in a while. And I don't always know when the next one's going to be. So if that's the case, like right now, I don't know when the next Bulls with Buds is going to be. I don't have anything penciled in yet. Uh, I, I'm working on some stuff in the background, and I will very soon. But until I know, I just keep it as status ended of the last one I did. And that way I don't have to rewrite that item every time. Because I'm an idiot. I have been hand hacking all this shit. So um, I haven't set up a process yet for me to just make it easy. Uh, and I haven't used the tools like uh, a podcast generator that cold acid works. You know, he has a, a, a system that you can actually just use his um, forms and fill them out and generate this feed yourself. And you don't have to work as hard as I work, but I'm stupid. And uh, I just, I have this system that I'm used to right now. At any rate, I update the guest, their person tag. Uh, I figure out what they want their thumbnail image to be in the person tag, where they want their link to go. And I figure out, you know, the start and end time. I got to get that right in there. And then also their value split. So their value split, I have a backup for that. So I don't necessarily need to wait until they have somewhere for the sats to land. We have an Albi wallet that we use for a guest placeholder. Uh, but the nice thing about live item is if there's a scheduled live item, say I'm going to go live... Uh, with a Bulls with Buds a week from Friday. I'm not necessarily, but say I was. I could say that that's pending in my feed. You could go to curiocaster.com, see the scheduled shows that would pop up, and you could pre-boost it. You could boost and it would go all to the correct places. And uh, if I have a placeholder wallet before I get my guest onboarded, then that just makes it a little easier for me to keep you know, accounting and send the right number to them when the show is over. Um, since the last, I don't know, three months or whenever, since, since Albie really started, uh, offering the, the custom value in their, in their node process, we've just been onboarding people who are, don't run a node. We've been getting them set up with Albie and it's super easy. And then we just add them to that split. Uh, and those are the two live items I've had. Now I've seen Darren O'Neill, uh, the rock and roll pre-show and some other shows he does where he just puts his whole schedule in there. He'll have several live items that are pending. And so you can see like a couple months out what he's going to go, uh, what he's got, you know, scheduled and what's going to go down. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. But if you are doing live podcasting and you're already, you know, 2.0 enabled and you're getting boost and streaming sets, the live item is an obvious choice to make because you can add some kind of pertinent and important information about a live experience that just doesn't exist in the regular item tag. And I'm I'm really froggy to um, try to drive adoption with this. I'm not really usually a guy who <laughs> tries to light fires under things. And, um, you know, sometimes it just happens by circumstance. But uh, I remember in the beginning of all this when we pushed really hard to try and get people on and it just wasn't really like, let's say, my gift or my specialty, you know. Yeah. Um. But this one I am very passionate about. The live item is something that uh, I'll help podcasters set up. Uh, I'll help you troubleshoot, test, all of that kind of stuff. And heavily recommend, like, if you have a live stream going on, 
or any kind of live experience, then live items should definitely be a part of it. In the Bitcoin world, uh, let's see. I had a couple of them. Oh, yes. Another big publicly traded Bitcoin miner is in trouble. Uh, Bitfarm CEO resigns. Mm. COO takes over their stock down 92% Oof. over last year. So just another uh, too big to succeed kind of story there. Um, they started small and then they just, I don't know, there's there's a certain uh, phenomenon that happens in, in the Bitcoin world, especially in these bear markets that just flushes out like things that are too centralized or too overbloated. It's almost like you can't survive in the long run if your trend is toward centralization and toward just like unchecked growth, especially when you start leasing miners and borrowing for the future and, and making predictions about what tomorrow is going to bring um, instead of just being prepared for anything and focused on the long haul. So it's just another story. It's just like we're, we're seeing a lot of this week by week as, as time goes on. They were just a little operation started out of Canada and, uh, Became uh, publicly traded and um, all over the world international. Um, traded on the NASDAQ NTSX and, you know, the stock, man, just got hammered. There's just uh, only so much that the business world can take of that. So RIP. Uh, Gemini, the co-founder, Cameron Winklevoss, one of the infamous Winklevoss twins, uh, published a public <laughs> letter claiming Barry Silbert and uh, his company DCG have not cooperated to recover funds for Gemini Earn customers. Uh, the customers have been on the stick for the last, uh, as of press time here, 47 days. I think today makes it 48 days that withdrawals have been frozen from the Gemini Earn product, where is, you know, another yield farm mm. where you can uh, stake your crypto and get guaranteed uh, returns, which... You know, as prices are falling, you can't really guarantee percentage returns on investments. It just like money dries up, you know. It's easy when numbers going up. Then you just give them a piece and you keep the rest and it's like profitable for everybody. But on the other side of things, you know, it kind of fucks up. Um, funds deposited in the Gen Gemini Earn program were lent to Genesis. This is the big problem. Those aren't really their own funds. They're loaned funds. And uh, the users are owed almost a billion dollars, mm. which uh, from Adam's recent uh, talks and no agenda, like we we don't really have ways to wrap our mind around the number one billion. You know, it's just like such a big ass number. It's like everyone's weighing over their head. Winklevosses, man, they might be the guys who got fucked the most, the hardest over time. Just every like they they should start an OnlyFans or something. <laughs> It's crazy. Like every time they turn around, gotta pull something out of their cheeks, man. Poor ah. bastards. So anyway, uh, they had a little Twitter spat and uh, some drama there. Everybody's just feeling the crunch, you know. This is why we friends don't let friends shitcoin, essentially, or go to yield farms or borrow for the, you know, borrow money to buy coins. You don't know what the price is gonna be tomorrow. Uh, it's all this short-term mentality shit, you know. They're not thinking in the long term. They have a poor time preference. This too, time preference is just too short, too tiny. They're just thinking about how to make a quick buck today instead of how to uh, safeguard for the future. Yeah, it's scarce mentality. 
uh, two more stories. One just really got under my skin. You may remember a little town called Columbia, Missouri. Oh, yeah. Where we used to live. And uh, you may remember one of the shittiest papers in that town. Probably the shittiest paper in that town, the Columbia Daily Tribune. Oh, yeah, the Trib. Uh, <laughs> where you kind of go if you're a townie burnout with, uh, you know, they have like the limited budget. And oh, they had this uh, op-ed that ran yesterday. By, oh boy. by Mary Dorn, who is a, apparently, who is a financial, uh, oh Christ, what do you call it? Uh, she's a professor oh. of uh, finances, personal finance professor. That's what I'm trying to think of. And she writes this crypto uh, op-ed, Biz Buzz Crypto Whiplash is the title of the column. <laughs> uh, she's got her, um, you know, her little mug shot here. Uh, and she just kind of throughout the article goes through and just makes these grossly inaccurate claims and is kind of fudding all over crypto in general. The opening line, uh, I bet many of you can remember your parents or grandparents at one time or another saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. How's that for a lead? Yuck, yuck, yuck. How's that for a lead? I'm not reading anymore. If it... If I was the reader. I got a little bit further and then I stopped. <clears throat> I got to this. Uh, where is it? Where is it? <clears throat> generally, let's see. Cryptocurrency is a relatively short history. Bitcoin is generally thought of as the first cryptocurrency introduced in 2009. Now, there are cryptocurrencies that outdate Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin was revolutionary because it is the f- considered the first cryptocurrency to combine blockchain record record-keeping technology, user privacy, and decentralized control, all with built-in security. Uh, okay, we could, we could chop that all to pieces if we wish. <clears throat> this gets a little fucky to me. The value of a single Bitcoin surpassed $1,000 for the first time in 2014. Um, generally, no. There was a blip on the map where it was over 1000 bucks at Mount Gox, and we all know how that turned out. Mm. Uh, but... Generally, like if you look at price charts for the year 2014, it's like two to four hundred bucks, kind of right around in there, right? Uh, so it never really the first time it really hit a thousand and passed that thousand mark was 2017, three years later. Okay, okay, but let's just say a thousand in 2014, like uh, she says. Uh, and it hit an all time high of just over 68,000 in November 2021. Wow. That his one heck of a return for your dollar. Oh, no. The word his instead of is. That's where I stopped reading when I first came across this yesterday. It was posted in the Casey Bitcoiners chat. Like, (laughs) yo, check out this FUD, LOL. Uh, I stopped reading right there. I had to go back and force myself to reread the rest of this shit. And there are several errors, just misspellings and grammatical errors like this throughout. It's almost like Uh. nobody at the Trib sat down and just even scanned it. It's the most pathetic shit I've ever seen. I don't know if they're just trying to let Mary make a fool of herself and they don't care or what the process is for editing op-eds, but it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Um, Then, in the next paragraph, uh, okay, so she compares it to buying a lottery ticket. She's like, okay, this often... Uh, As with many things that show extraordinary profits, everyone wants to get in on the action. This often happens when the lottery reaches possibilities of over 400 million or so, and we all rush out to buy a ticket. What's this wee shit? (laughs) Yeah, speak for yourself. Uh, Many normies do. 
Uh, the difference is that most of us understand the odds of actually buying that winning ticket. Investing in cryptocurrencies seems to be a little different. Many individuals involved seem to think that cryptocurrency is just an alternative to traditional stocks and bonds. <sighs> and then this is where it really crashes into the fucking side of the mountain. Let's look at some real numbers, she says. For someone who invested money in Bitcoin in 2014 at $1,000 per coin, uh, no one did, that coin is currently valued at 16836 an average return, she says, of 16.97%. Can somebody rerun those numbers? Uh, you put in, at, you get in at $1,000, yeah. You write it up to 16,836, and that's an average return of 16.97%. No, that math is wrong. I think you mean 16,900%. Really, it's closer to 15, uh, uh, or excuse me, 100, 1,583, because I crunched the numbers. She's got like two decimals off on her, on her percentage calculation. Math is racist. Yeah, the C dubs is right. Math is racist. It She's is a professor. A, it know? is an old white lady, so you're probably right. She probably is just using racist math. Sixteen point nine seven, dude. When you're going sixteen x, you're going over sixteen yeah. x on a on a investment and a return of no, no, stupid. Uh, if it would have been a if it would have been a sixteen percent return, sixteen point nine percent return, you'd have a thousand and. Uh, uh, what would it well, be? like sixteen. I mean, look oh. at me, I'm the fucking retard trying to do math. But you'd have like one thousand one hundred sixty nine dollars. Yeah, something like that, right? Sure, no. I'm not the math guy here. But and then she says, compared to the inflation adjusted stock market return for the past decade of fourteen point fifteen percent, the crypto investors ahead by about three percent. Wow. No, they're ahead by a heck of a whole lot more. Yeah, they're ahead by about. 1580%. 1580%, not 3%. So there was no copy editor on this. There was no copy editor. There was no fact checker. And of course, what are you going to do? You're going to call up somebody at the trib and say, oh, fact check these Bitcoin facts. No, we're just going to laugh about it on our podcast. Even if somebody did that, <laughs> they would just Google shit. And you can probably find all of this shit on Google. You oh, can probably yeah. find other retards saying the same thing on Google. But yeah. it's just so sad. It's so fucking sad. And then she goes on to like point out the obvious losers, uh, Mount Gox, when that went down. Uh, in 2014, the year Bitcoin first topped $1,000 per coin, she cites again, erroneously, a Bitcoin exchange, Mount Gox, win down. It didn't, <laughs> not went down, it win down. <laughs> win down with investors losing 185,000, uh, or excuse me, 850,000 coins that were never recovered. Coins would have, by the way, approximate value of $14.3 billion today. That's the biggest oof in, um, in the world, bro. Mount Gox, like you can look by, it's like the, big, the first big Ponzi that toppled. Uh, which, yeah, that was a Ponzi. You know, you can do a Ponzi with any kind of cryptocurrency or uh, paper money or whatever you want. You could probably do a box of ice cream Ponzi scheme that would all go down in flames. If you were investing in ice cream. And then she does some hand-wringing about the SEC and this other bullshit. Uh, there was one more uh, absolutely fatal error. Oh, yes. Uh, she talks about the Squid Game tokens, which I've never mm. heard of. But it's, it's another bait-and-switch scam. Uh, investors couldn't sell, so they like hit these prices that were stupid. 
because people were buying them and I think you could do shit with them in game. And then uh, the developers like pulled like 3.3 million. I think he might've talked about it actually in a 33 story. They pulled like $3.3 million worth of coins just out of the game, just poof. Uh, And the coin because worthless. I think she was trying to say the coin became worthless, but it's the coin because worthless. <laughs> so, yes, this fucking op-ed because worthless. This there is a go. fucking hate read. I'm sorry. I've spent too much time on it. Last story. Fetty Mint hackathon's coming up. On I'm going to end on some bright news. Okay. Uh, Fetty Mint's doing a big hackathon. Win Bitcoin for creating Fetty Mint modules that solve real-world problems. Now, I have not used Fetty Mint. This is kind of new on my radar. But they are a... Um, kind of a platform t- that's aiming to help adoption technology for Bitcoin, help people do transactions, hold keys, uh, get coins on or off exchanges, um, have a lightning wallet. Um, there's a little bit of community pro- uh, custody. So I'm not really sure exactly how that works. Uh, and I have to look into it cause it's uh, a little bit interesting to me. But uh, Fediment, an open source federated eCash protocol, and the hackathon uh, has a 2.1 Bitcoin bounty, so very hefty uh, prize money here. 2.1 Bitcoin bounty to be claimed by the end of the month, 31st of January, to an individual or team who can code up a Fediment module that will have a significant real world benefit. Mm. Uh, So, some examples that they believe would have a real-world benefit would include the ability to operate a communal savings pool to accumulate Bitcoin for a large project, the ability to store value in a local currency or in dollars, the ability to receive payments privately via static QR codes like Bolt 12 uh, does, and the ability to operate a communal vote-based spending pool. They cite SACO, which I'm also unfamiliar with as an example. So yeah, that's a big time. If you want to win 2.1 Bitcoin... Then uh, work on some kind of Fediment module. You can find uh, more information at Fetty.xyz. And we're going to have... There is a link in the show notes. We're going to have a link. That's right. Lorian's on it. Servo says, this is bad chat GPT, the last article. No, I think chat GPT would uh, actually be a little better written. As fucked up as that is to say. Probably. Absolutely blinding errors. Yeah, Chappie G- GPT's errors are more of like clumsiness and vagueness than absolute outright words that don't belong in places. Well, it'll come as no surprise to you that the money supply growth fell again in November and turned negative for the first time in 33 years. I'll be damned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is on the Mises Institute, and um, they point out that the Fed raised the target federal funds from 0.25% to 4% in January 2022. Uh, this doesn't seem like an especially meaningful metric, but uh, it's a red flag for sure. So, you know, Bitcoin fixes this. There you go. Well, the nail seems to be in the coffin of Southwest Airlines because they landed a headline between last bowl and this very bowl. Mm. Southwest Airlines says it's doing 33% of scheduled flights in wake of federal probe. That's not enough. Womp, womp. Myanmar court extends Aung San Suu Kyi's prison sentence to 33 years. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, She was arrested 
February 2021, and during a coup, a regime change, and uh, by October 12th of 2022, my birthday, she had been sentenced to 26 years on 10 charges, five of which are corruption, and so they just added on the additional seven. Mm. Then a little end-of-year story from Baltimore, who's ending a violent year with more than 330 homicides. And the shooting of a seven-year-old boy. Aw, oh, man. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it, too. Kansas is going to overhaul 33 local off-system bridges. Can you believe it? No. They're getting $2.8 billion in federal funding, and that's going to save 33 bridges. Just kidding. It's a five-year payment plan they're on, and they say they're going to tackle 1,321 bridges and... Fix almost 2,000 miles of highway that's been rated in poor condition. Whoa. Yeah. They've got a total of almost 20,000 bridges. So, no, not terrible if that's a, you know, like two, what, 10% in bad condition? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're on a roll. Yeah. You go, Kansas. See you over there, Sunflower State. The death toll from the Philippine floods and landslides climbed to 33, just like the death toll from the Buffalo blizzards was 33. Wild how that keeps lining up. Yeah, isn't it? I swear they just wait to write about this shit until 33 is the death toll. Yeah, I think so. It's It never makes the headline, the number. Because I remember reading about the blizzard when it was at 27, and there were no headlines with 27 in it. What's wrong with 27? That's a great number, too. But Not as uh, good as 33, no. baby. Exactly. And, and they know it, you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. My final uh, 33 story for this first bull of the new year is that 33 Jewish lawmakers, the largest non-Christian denomination in Congress to be sworn in. That's how the headline reads, uh, which is one fewer Jew than last year. Oh, man. And here's some fun numbers in that one. Uh, 6% of the House are Jewish, and 9% of the Senate are Jewish, and when you put that together, you get 69. (laughs) 69! 69, dudes! Except for it's more like 69, 69, Jews. Yes, exactly. There you go. Oh, let's go behind the curtain. Okay. can you pass me the eggnog? I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. Oh, wait. I've never done a hard eggnog. I'd do one behind the curtain. The hardest of eggnogs. So hard. Yeah. What do you think? You like the brandy? I like the it. It is nice. I, you know, eggnog is all right. Yeah. The, the one that we had before was trash, but this one's really tasty. Cool. And uh, I'm not a big eggnog person. Ooh. But the brandy really makes it feel more serious, you know? Feel more serious. Yeah. Man, I'm fucking digging this. The right. moose mug makes it feel very the, serious. The moose mug makes it correct. It's just, it's all technically correct. What's going on with the motion, with the holding the antlers, with the tipping it back. All of it's right. Yeah, about ready to pound that moose. Oh, uh, this actually just popped up on my radar. Grittany has received a major honor. I don't know if you heard about this. Mm -mm. But the Arizona Republic has named Brittany Griner... Uh-oh. Arizonan of the year. Wow. This is a very big deal. Of this year or the one that just happened? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it would be the one that just happened. Okay. 
Because, you know, we have a whole year ahead of us. Sure. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. So, but she That's a owned, stupid question. I'm sorry. She owned last year. No, there's no such thing as this. Uh, yeah, there are some not great questions, but that one was fine. <laughs> that is not a great question. Yeah. I wouldn't put it in my top 10 questions. But, well, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, yep. 2022. Here's the confirmation. Gritney captured the public eye more intensely than anyone else in 2022, an impact that makes her our Arizonan of the year. So thanks, uh, media, mainstream media, you made Gritney the Arizonan of the year. Thank you. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Biden issued a handful of clemencies between last bowl and this. Six. To be exact. Oh, boy. Two of which uh, had weed involvement, but neither of those dudes were in prison. Uh, the first one was a 50-year-old army vet who pled guilty to trafficking at the age of 23 after he had been honorably discharged. Um, and I guess he had made five or six runs, you know, just running weed for someone. And he was imprisoned for less than a year. Well, now... He's been granted a presidential pardon. So he has a piece of paper that says, I'm forgiven for that. And the second uh, man who received clemency was a 72-year-old who pled guilty to renting and making for use as an owner a place for the purpose of manufacturing marijuana plants. I hate that terminology. Oh, manufacturing? Like you're in some factory <laughs> cranking out a plant? Push a button. There's a weed plant. Those are all the nugs being made. If only it were so simple. Yeah, so uh, he this guy never grew pot himself. Maybe never even used it. He just rented a place to someone who did and was like, whoops, yep, didn't catch that. Ah, I'm guilty. Boo. Then he served, uh, he was sentenced to six months community confinement and three years supervised release. <laughs> Bless you. That's crazy. Wolf cub. Um, and instead of the government seizing his home, he just paid them the value of it. So, but now he has this, you know, clemency from the dusty man in the White House. Well, good for him. Yeah. The FDA, I love this, made an announcement that they are taking steps to announce a plan to regulate hemp-derived products like CBD and Delta-8 THC. Oh, so they're thinking about starting about talking about going to do something sometime to announce and plan to really do something soon. someday coming down the to coming down the pike. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, they say they're months away from releasing a regulatory assessment Ooh, for hemp products. Months away from talking about thinking about the plan of how to do this thing eventually. <laughs> Fantastic. Reminds me of the live item tag. Yeah. Like certain apps. Hey, uh, might I remind you that in 2018, the farm bill legalized these you know hemp <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh anything weedy that was 0.3 percent thc or less but here we are you know fda has got to put their stamp on it and uh their spokeshole said that they might just punt it to congress ah what do you want to do about it it's frustrating because they've been issuing these warning letters we've been talking about in the bowl um but yet it's like, well, you know, you haven't given the strict regulations of it, but you want to tell people what not to do. Why don't you get off your ass 
and make some decisions about this. Since you can't enforce it when there's no, you know, solid regulations on here. Wouldn't it be nice? It's just uh, free right now, you know? Farm bill. It became 50 state legal. But they're looking to answer two very specific questions, according to the spokeshole. Can it be used safely long term? And what are the impacts during pregnancy? Now, I think if you look hard enough, there may already be a study out there that could give you those answers. There's kind of a famous one of uh, Jamaican mothers. We're looking specifically at CBD, though. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Not whole plant medicine. Gotcha. The hemp-derived cannabinoids, (laughs) like CBD or Delta-8 or Delta-10. But... There was a record number of scientific papers published about weed in 2022. Ooh, my studies. Yeah, so come on, what are you doing, FDA? Comb through them. More than 4,300 published worldwide, Man, which is up. Them studies. The studies are up from last year when 4,200 were published. I mean, that's thousands of studies to comb through, and they can't find an answer. There's not enough research been done. Yeah, the science is in, I think, if you comb through these studies and find ones that you agree with. Yes. Uh, The Department of Veterans Affairs Evidence Synthesis Program published a little write-up where they found, by combing through studies, might I add, (laughs) that psychedelic-assisted therapy shows promise and may improve symptoms of PTSD and depression. Specifically, they were looking at MDMA and psilocybin. So, wow. Catching up. They're catching up with the science. They are. And in Colorado, they're catching up, too, because they have legalized growing personal amounts of psilocybin, ibogaine, mescaline, and DMT under state law. Woo! Uh, Nice. Voters approved it last month, and the votes have been tallied and counted and maybe recounted because the governor announced it. Just this past week. Shut Gotta up be. and take my pineal gland. <laughs> yes. Open that third eye right up in Colorado. Yeah, you got to be 21 plus. There's no specific numerical definition for personal amount. So right now, it seems pretty free. Noise. Um, But the next regulatory steps fall into the governor's lap. He's got to appoint... A natural medicine advisory board. Oh, sure. They got to come up with lots of personal amount. <laughs> yeah. By the end of this month, January 31st of this year. They should just define a personal amount as the amount you have on your person. I love that. I think that's simple. Ba-boom. You Fucking can't argue with done. it. You don't even need to put it on a scale. <laughs> exactly. You know. I've got my personal amount of psychedelics that I grew from plants. Oh, it's right here. It's right here. I got it on me. Just my personal amount on my person right here. Yeah. So fuck and, off. And uh, here's my 500-acre farm. <laughs> uh, by January 1st of 2024, Colorado must have facilitators trained to run healing centers, and they've got to start accepting license for those healing centers by September 30th of 2024. Healing centers. I love that. <laughs> Go to a uh, psychedelic therapist. In Michigan... Governor Gretchen Whitmore vetoed a two bills that would have changed uh, the canna business rules. So one would have prevented regulators from denying 
a person a weed business license based on the job of their spouse. Ugh. Now you can discriminate based on the spouse, I suppose. And the second would have changed the definition of medical marijuana. So those have been vetoed. Jefferson City, Missouri City Council is... uh, Tonight, we'll be deciding on uh, whether or not they should place a vote for the people with increasing the sales tax on recreational weed in their area. Nice. They want to tack a 3% tax on. (laughs) So, uh, if the city council passes it tonight, I suppose they probably would have by now. Uh, It will be on the April ballot. And if not, then you're good, Jeff City. But, you know. But if so, you'll have to defeat it at the polls. Exactly. You'll have to Pokemon go to the polls. Yeah, and it's... Block them taxes. It's an off cycle, so really go there. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, The Kansas City Mayor had a great suggestion for uh, our dispatchers. Uh Uh-oh. Who uh, seem to be facing a shortage. There's a shortage of dispatchers in our area. Mm -hmm. I saw that someone had to wait 42 minutes when they (laughs) called 911. Not cool. No. A full staff here in the city for dispatchers would be 96 people. Uh, They are 31 short. So if my math is correct, that's 65 people employed. Damn. The mayor says, why don't we just take out the line that prohibits dispatchers from using weed since it's legal now? Ooh, there we go. Yeah. And obviously, the workplace, it will be illegal. You know, you can't use it at work. You can't drink alcohol on the job openly. Just stop piss testing people. It would be nice. They had to stop doing that at fast food joints long ago. Yeah. Caught on quick. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since it's only the weed usually that you pop for. Everything else gets out of your system, clears out pretty quickly. Uh, also in my show notes, if you are a Missourian with a weed-related conviction on your record, the expungement form is up on the Missouri Courts website, so I have a link to it in the show notes. I promised you I would share it as soon as I found it, and it's now been published. <laughs> Finally. Nice. So get expunged. Promises made, promises delivered. Yeah, always. New York legal sales began December 29th, 2022 at 4.20 p.m. It might have just been the shops that decided to open their doors at 4.20 p.m. But, yeah. Smart. Very smart. Great marketing. Yeah. And also in New York, the governor vetoed a bill requiring courts to offer non-religious options for substance misuse treatment programs. I thought that was an interesting move for her. Yeah. I kind of wondered uh, who's in her pocket, you know, saying, hey, uh, we don't need to offer anything additional to them. It uh, The line that would have been added to the forms you fill out or whatever is uh, asking the person if they have an objection to any religious element of the substance program that they're recommended. For example, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, One of the steps of the 12-step program is giving yourself to God or a power greater than ourselves. Right. And they, uh, whoever was behind this bill thought, hey, people probably are going to have a problem with that. Well, it's just a fil. I think it filters a chunk of people out. You know, there's a certain way that twelve uh, step works, and one of the ways is to 
externalize or outsource control of your life, essentially, you know? And there's just a certain subset of people who aren't willing to do that. And I, I don't think it always necessarily comes down to a belief or disbelief in God. Yeah, I think like, it's the 12 steps in general. It's like, just one of the 12 steps is that you basically have to say, I am powerless, therefore I need God and my sponsor in this community and this, like everyone else, you know, like I'm helpless. And so these people are who I lean on, you know, which is just, uh, I don't know for me, that wouldn't work either. Cause I don't, I don't think that doesn't align with my worldview and it's not cause I don't believe in God. Yeah. It's just, uh, you don't feel powerless. I, yeah. God is empowering rather than, uh, the reason why I'm helpless, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. It's just a perspective thing, but yeah, definitely it's, uh, it's been a known issue. Yeah. And filtering I, people out. I think that if someone is told that they have to go into a treatment program and they say, Hey, all of these have a religious aspect. That's not my religion or I'm an atheist. And so I don't want to go through something religious. I think if they take it to court, they're going to win. If you're an atheist, just keep drinking. <laughs> well, done. Yeah, keep drinking, but don't end up in court. Because right. these, this is, you know, <laughs> hey, as part of your. I'm just kidding, by the way. Yuck! 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 <laughs> in Oregon, they adopted the final psilocybin services administrative rules. So much fun, but I had to mention it because it's you can be found at Chapter Three Thirty Three, Division Three Thirty Three. Oh, damn. Double trouble. On their Secretary of State website. It yeah. got me rolling and I couldn't. There we go. Ding, ding, all the way. I thought the same thing. God damn it. <laughs> uh, oh, I've got a clip. Because something we love talking about is people driving while high. Mm-hmm. With the new law going into effect, state and local police have been preparing for the possibility of more impaired drivers. What is the difference between an impaired driver that may have been drinking or someone that may have been smoking? And how do you tell the difference? So we have uh, what are known as drug recognition experts. Uh, We have 10 members of the team on the state police and statewide there's about 70. So they would conduct their car stop the same way that any other police officer would. They'll have them step out of the car if they think they're impaired under the influence or something, and then they'll have them um, consent to the standardized field sobriety test. First part of the test is called the horizontal gaze and nystagmus test. So you might not see the... Ugh, I have no idea. Horizon- horizontal gaze and what test? We put uh, horizontal gaze over your eyes, kid. You gotta walk straight and whatever, you know, if you fall over, we know that you're fucking high and I, whatever. I think this is when they do the flashlight in front of your eyes. Horizontal uh, gaze, I don't know. But. Horizontal gaze test. It's called the horizontal gaze and the sagmus test. So you horizontal might not see their test. eyes jerk back and forth when somebody is under the influence of marijuana. But that- I think this guy's under the influence of something. Whenever you know, you, you, you got to see the eyes jerk back and forth, kid, or else it's all fucked. This is in Rhode Island. You got to be wicked stone. Ah, uh, roadie. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to back up and I'll let the man speak. It's called the horizontal gaze and the sagmus test. So you might not see their eyes jerk back and forth when somebody is under the influence of marijuana. But then the next test is called the walk and turn test and then the one leg stand test. And they will show signs of impairment if they're under the influence of marijuana. Trying to determine if someone is under the influence of something other than alcohol presents a new challenge. We have the preliminary breath test that we will use and deploy roadside. You ask the operator to consent to it if you suspect that they're under the influence of an alcohol beverage ding 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 i just want to ding ding that myself because it's always you know 
do not consent. Never consent. Shut the fuck up Fridays, you know, on a Tuesday. That's right. There is no device right now. If we detect, we determine somebody's under the influence of marijuana. If they take them into custody and they think they're under the influence of marijuana, then they call in the drug recognition expert. We won't come out to the scene, but we will go back to the barracks and then we conduct an evaluation on the person as long as they consent to it. We check their pulse. We check their blood pressure. We measure their pupil size. We have a conversation with them. We interview the arresting officer. Oh my God. We check for any injection marks. Their temperature might be... Have you recently been injecting the marijuanas? Look, dude, we know you fucking injected marijuanas, and uh, that's illegal here in the state of New Hampshire. <laughs> I mean so Rhode Island. Gonna... <laughs> no, fuck Rhode Island. Fuck, Brody. <sighs> so high, I don't even know where I am. For any injection marks, their temperature might be, might be elevated a little bit, depending on what they're under the influence of. So then, as a drug recognition expert, then we make the determination what they're under the influence of. Ah, uh, yeah. All the Dre's out there. Dug, drug recognition experts. Oh, boy. I can recognize some drugs. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. a fucking expert. It was confusing because he said, you know, there's 10 of us. And he was talking about in his department, I guess. And he's like, well, if we pull you over. But we don't pull you over. We meet you after you get taken in. And then we do this thing. We measure your pupils. and We poke you in the eye. We see if it hurts. Yeah. We see if your eye jerks around. You know, sometimes it won't jerk around if you're under the influence of marijuanas. And we check for the track marks. <laughs> no track marks? Oh, probably not a weed user then. Oh, he's not injecting the marijuanas today. Crazy. You can tell it's from just... the clean veins in the crook of the arm there. I'm sorry. This just seems like a waste of time for all parties involved. <laughs> no doubt. So... But, uh, you know, it's, it's creating jobs. Mm. Creating good paying jobs with yeah. pensions. Is this, uh, is this how we keep the roads safe in Little Roadie? <laughs> Must be. Must be. In South Dakota, Governor Christy Noem commuted seven sentences, two of which were weed cases. Kind of. Um, <laughs> marijuana and meth possession was one of them. Oh. And the other one was a fentanyl in marijuana possession double dipping yeah uh oh actually i i'm wrong excuse me a third got pulled over for expired plates and then arrested for having uh the marijuana's meth and paraphernalia on them oh you always got the paraphernalia i hate the paraphernalia charge yeah it's like just the extra bonus bullshit they tack on yeah okay if we got the shit you probably have the shit to do the shit right why, right. why is the paraphernalia an extra charge? It's such horse crap. It's total horse crap. Uh, she also had commuted three women who were convicted of manslaughter. One was a DUI. One shot and killed her husband. And the third stabbed her husband to death. I thought this was an interesting picks for commuted sentences. And it also... This... Uh, this newspaper was really coming after her. The South Dakota Searchlight saying she she didn't follow Proto, buddy. She Uh-oh. she's done because it looks like in South Dakota, um, before the governor can commute the sentences, they have to serve a certain amount of time. I think two years, but none of these had served more than nine months. Oh fuck! And you follow Proto, buddy. You're done. Yeah, the Board of Pardons and Paroles is supposed to review the cases first, too, as uh, one of the first steps, and that didn't happen. Oh, you know what? You're fired, bud. 
So, uh, interesting. Interesting. Someone might be making some moves. The U.S. Virgin Islands sent Governor Albert Bryan Jr. bills to legalize pot and expunge prior weed convictions. Sign them, sign them, sign them. Yeah, I didn't see anything about homegrown, though, which bums me out. And there was a THC cap on edibles where uh, servings can't be higher than 10 milligrams. <sighs> and the whole bar or whatever you're buying is capped at 100 milligrams. But I guess, you know, you can buy more, but it's yeah. just stupid. It's dumb to have limits, but I've seen far less reasonable ones. Yeah, give us the rowdy chiba chews. I will say that it's just dumb to not package them correctly, because there's some fucking morons out there, man. That's true. That'll eat a whole thing that's designed for nine or ten servings, you know, and then they'll be like, whoa, can't call you back. (laughs) I'm dying. So stupid. And my final story for the bowl tonight is that France has lifted their ban on CBD flour. Because, uh, yeah, there was a loophole when they banned it back in at the end of 2021. Um, the wordage was, prohibits the sale of raw flowers or leaves in all their forms, alone or mixed with other ingredients. So, you know, resins and edibles could still be sold. Well, you gotta love a good loophole. Yeah. And when so it works there out in your favor. Like 2,000 shops still in operation. And now they can just sell uh, the flower, you know? Amazing. Very cool. Very legal, apparently. Yes. I wouldn't go to France, but... Mm, Well, you know. (laughs) Who knows? Getting better, maybe. Getting a little better in France. Uh, It's great, though, in a new year with a new metal moment from your old buddy, Sir Reverend Cyber Trucker. Let's hear uh, what he has to say today, huh? Let's. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Death Stars, a Swedish industrial metal band formed in 2000, the group are noted for their dark horror-themed lyrics, pessimistic and misanthropic social commentary, distinctive trademark face paint, dark stage uniforms, and physical appearances that correspond to gothic fashion. Having four full-length albums and two compilation albums under their belt, these guys have also toured with the likes of Korn, Cradle of Filth, and Rammstein. From their 2011 album, The Greatest Hits on Earth, this is Death Stars Metal.
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bringing it. Death Stars. You had me at Toured with Cradle of Filth. My Cradle of Filth period. Got me through some really dark times. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Rev, for uh, getting us through the dark times and the light times and all the times in between. With a little mad moment. Pick us back up right when we need it the most, right here in uh, the mid-show. Heading into the final stretch. We are looking at the voicemail box, and we are discussing... The first time we ever got something, got some kind of a gift that we didn't want. Got a present we didn't want. And uh, not all the bowlers, of course, are talking about this, but uh, some are. Just a prompt, just a friendly prompt. You can talk about uh, whatever's on your mind by calling 816-607-3663, just like this bowler did. Hey, this is Justin in Caulfield. I was oh. just calling your uh, Google Voice to find out if it sucked. It yeah. doesn't. Oh, good. You have one ring, and then right into your message. I have some computer animated jizz bot, and then about 75 fucking rings, and then my message. So I'm trying to figure it out. You can play this on the show if you want. Uh, You don't have to. I appreciate all your help, and you guys are doing some cool shit. Uh, Take care of the new kid. If you need a babysitter in your neighborhood, uh, drop him off later. Hell yeah, later. Look at that. 33-second voicemail, my friend. Oh, that's beautiful. Timed it perfectly. Yeah, we. Uh, he did get it working. Sweet. Did get it working. That do not disturb mode was the clutch, the key. Ah. Uh, yeah, so if you do use a Google Voice situation and you want to receive voicemails only, you got to make sure do not disturb mode is on, and then it will kick right to voicemail when somebody calls. Uh, you can also, though, use the same setup to take live calls if you're piping it in through the google voice and you're able to play the voicemails then you would also be able to flip do not disturb mode off and take live calls that's also also potential potential so yeah i'm glad that uh, you got it working down there my buddy justin at wrong kind of podcast wko podcast a great dude dot org dot com we'll have it in the show notes show notes you remember uh, getting the first thing you ever got that uh, you really didn't want Yes. Uh, I mean, I guess the first thing I really didn't want was probably a dead bird dropped off on my stairs in front of my house from a freaking neighborhood cat. Oh. That's a gift, right? Yeah, a little present. I really didn't want that. But present in the Christmas time sense, wrapped and packaged just for me to open in front of everyone, my uh, bio mom's boyfriend at the time... Knew I was into Final Fantasy <laughs> and bought me three uh, action figures from Final Fantasy X-2, which I already had. And I was such an ungrateful little twit. I opened them and then just like turned to my bio mom and was like, I already have these. Ooh. And put them down and then received the talk of like, hey, you need to be grateful for all your presents and like, don't ever fucking do that again. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, that was kind of later in life. I was like, psh, somewhere between eight and 10 probably. <laughs> so that was embarrassing. That sucks. But, that sucks. Uh, I wish yeah. I had an ISO of that, but it just wasn't clean enough really to. Oh, I know. Single out. Yeah. Home videos are tough to yeah. ISO for. I need to figure out a shot mic. Well, you know mic, what? But- a, a good thing came out of that too, other than learning some fucking gratitude. Um, I, I feel like that kind of 
made me learn about being a collector, you know, and keeping things in the box. Yep. Because those three stayed in the box, and the three I already had, you know, had been taken out. And sure. I lost pieces to them because they had like scratched them removable and... hands and stuff. So you <laughs> yeah. change their expressions and everything, change their weapons. And yep. The, God knows where those are. Um. So yeah, I learned. I learned a few things. Gratitude's the attitude, man. That's right. That's funny. Uh, it's probably the attitude of the next caller, but you always got to play him to find out for sure. I'm hitting it. Oh, yeah. This is Vox. Vox. And uh, I was going to tell you about the first time I ever got a present I didn't want. Oh, yeah. And I think I must have been four or five years old. And my grandmother, whom I've only met three times in my life, once when I was probably about three, I vaguely remember it because she wore a ridiculous wig. <laughs> and, um, and then I met her again when I was like, I don't know, 23, and then once again when I was 30. So, like, that's it, like, the whole time. But she crocheted me this little suit when I was, like, four. <laughs> and it was yellow yarn and, like, white trim, and the whole thing was crocheted, like, top and pants and stuff. And even at that age, I knew that I did not want this monstrosity of a costume. <laughs> That's the first one I remember. Oh, and uh, by the way, like five, six years later, she sent me this buckskin jacket that had fringes all over it Ooh. and was embroidered everywhere with like, I don't know, Texas shit, like cows and cactuses and West Texas, obviously. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you know, anyway, yeah, uh, presents I didn't want. That's it. All right. In the bowl. In the bowl. Cheers, Vox. In the bowl. That's funny. It's a yellow nightmare. I'll wear the uh, buckskin jacket. I don't mind. <laughs> that sounds all right. Oh, old Texas is hell. <laughs> Texas is hell in the show me state. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not, man? I got some ridiculous shit. Uh, but yeah, the uh, man that reminds me of that infamous pink bunny. Yeah. In a Christmas story. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like you got one of those type of situations going on. Damn. That's funny. Well, thanks for the call, Vox. Oh, man. I was trying to rack my brain thinking of, like, the first gift I ever got that I didn't want. I was like a spoiled dick. Mm. You know? I just got cool shit all the time for Must birthdays be or... fucking nice. For birthdays or Christmas. Like, my mom would just hear us talk about different things, and, like, we'd just briefly mention that something was cool, and she'd go fucking grab it, uh, which was cool. But, uh... The thing that jumped out on me that I remember is something I'd always get every year that I used to really love and be very into. <laughs> and then it just, I just changed my palate over the years and it was Queen Anne chocolate covered cherries. Yeah. <laughs> Queen Anne chocolate covered cherries used to be like the absolute jam when I was a kid growing up. Uh, and I'd eat them shits. I'd bust the box of them open like right on christmas day just nail two of them right there when i unwrap them um but i don't know i don't know when it was sometime when i became an adult like sometime during the college years i just lost my taste for those queen Anne cherries and i couldn't do it anymore it was just too sickeningly sweet and i just never could finish a box of them i never could uh 
oh, and you just get even one little dribble of the fucking goop that's inside of those <laughs> on your finger, and it's like over. You're going to get hair stuck to your finger for days. And I don't know. It's just something grimy about them all of a sudden. I used to like live for them. So then it took me like a few years to really get the message across to everybody that like, hey, I I just don't like these anymore. They're just sitting around. I don't eat them like I used to. I used to. I used to savor them shits. And I, um, my grandma uh, got divorced when I was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. And then she remarried this new dude at one point who was just a total douche. And uh, that lasted for maybe like a year or something. But this douche was over at our house once. And, like, fucking eating out of my box of Queen Anne cherries. And I was like, Uh-oh. what the fuck? Those are mine, dude. And that's why, like, I told him, I was like, hey, those are my cherries. And he eats another one. Oh. After I told him, hey, fucking back off my cherries, bro. Those are my cherries, dog. And he eats another one. And then he, like, goes to the bathroom. And I took them cherries and fucking hit them way back in the pots and pans cabinet. Like, at the very back. Where you'd have to like crawl your ass in there to get to him. I'm like, fuck you, man. And he comes out and he's like, oh, where'd them cherries go? I said, they went away. They're not your cherries, like I told you before, asshole. You old man. Everybody thought that was like so hilarious. I did that, but I was like, no, that's your stuff. That's me. I've, I have the courage of my convictions. Yeah. And I stand up for what is right. And, you know, those are my cherries, you son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, that guy was a douchebag. How old were you? Oh, God, probably. I wasn't 13 yet, for sure. Probably like 11 or something. A tween. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 10 or 11, my guess. Because I was going to say, man, that guy's taking candy from a baby. Well, basically, You don't take candy from a kid, either. Kids kids love candy. You know, uh, the first one, it's like, yeah, you didn't know. It's all right. You didn't know. I'm not mad. You didn't know when there's like a dozen of those. Sure, right. So you didn't know. It's All right. Then when I tell him and he eats another one, I'm like, dude, I'm going to fucking fight this old man. Yeah. Like. That's disrespectful. I'll kick your ass. You're in my house eating my fucking cherries, dude. Like, you better check your shit. I wasn't old enough to really know how to talk like that, but I was old enough to know how to get pissed like that for sure. And as soon as he left that fucking room, dude, those cherries disappeared. And he's all asking where they're at. Like, like I'm going to tell your fat fucking ass where they're at, dude. Give me a break. Well, good work, Spence. Yeah, man. Not in my house, dude. Not with my cherries. Yeah. You could have really beat that old man, but instead you just hid the cherries. That's right. I didn't I didn't want to have to resort to violence. Violence is the absolute last resort, you know? Yeah. But, man, if he would have pushed me there. That's all right. If this next caller ever wants to come into my house, eat my Queen Anne chocolate cherries, uh, they're all his. It's January 3rd. Happy Merry New Year. Happy Merry New Year to you, sir. Oh, yeah. Hey, here's a question that I actually kind of sort of remember. Um, I'm not that text message thing. But uh, anyway, but seriously, uh, probably clothes. Like as a kid, I would just be like, oh, cool, clothes. I'd be like, aren't my parents supposed to start to get me clothes kind of thing? And, uh, I mean, we still get toys, obviously, and whatever, but, you know, you get, you know, like, clothes, and you just kind of drop to the ground. And yeah. Like, all right, all done. What's the next thing? Yep. So, yeah, that was probably the first thing that, uh... That's a good did, point. Did, that I did lock. The clothes thing. Um, that I can remember. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, actually kind of remind me, we had, uh... The wife and I, we got all the... We get all the nephews and nieces, like, we have, like, animals for them, like, 
one has elephants, one's monkeys, tiger kind of thing. Anyway, and uh, one of the one of the uh, nieces, she had turned four, and uh, we got her this crocheted elephant and uh, sort of deal, kind of like stuffed animal crocheted elephant deal. And uh, so we we bring it to her, and it was she'd already opened other gifts and stuff like that earlier in the day, and uh, so she opens it up looks at the elephant, just drops it on the ground, and then she runs over, and she's like, ah, look what I got! And she's showing us this Polly Pocket, so... Oh. It's got pretty funny. Nice. And uh, we laugh at it now, and, and she likes the elephant and whatnot now, but uh, just the timing of it was like, oh, it's kind of <laughs> like clothes. So, anyway. Alright, well, I love you guys. Bye, Dangerous. And uh, whether you're sitting in the car, or you're in the house, or you're running around town... Physically or literally or whatever, I don't know. Always yell. Hell yeah, you know I do. You know I'll just be sitting in traffic with my windows down being like, That's right. Yeah. Because we stay dangerous. I forgot about clothes, but that's a classic one. I definitely had some... It's like you open the paper and then it's that rectangular box. Yeah. It's that fucking rectangular box that has that little bend to give at the bottom of it, and you just immediately, you already know. You look at that motherfucking box, and you're like, man, this is like a shirt with buttons on it, or it's some pajamas. And I just could get onto some better shit. But no, I I had great gift gratitude all my life. Never would you ever catch me opening a gift and being like, Oh, even a little bit. Or, like, even some kids will, like, just stare silently at it, you know? Yeah. Well, I was, like, I was already, uh, like, on it. You hammed it up? A bit, probably, yeah. You would, like, look at who gave it to you and say, oh, thank Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you, right? Whether you meant it or not, like, you look at them and you say, thank you for this. Yeah. I think that my situation had a lot to do with not liking this guy. Because, yeah, I mean... I can't say I was excited when I got clothes, but they sure. came from my nana yeah. and people that I really loved. And so, yeah, right. they all, just because it came from them, it's like, oh, I loved it. It's not like I hated it. It's not like I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm never wearing this. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, here's the shirt. You know, like when I get socks now, it's kind of like, all right, I got some more socks. And, yeah, uh, and you're going to use them. Well, what else is around? You know, like I'm looking for the next thing. Yeah. Not hating on this thing. It's just not really that like, you know, not jumping up and down. Exciting. Man, I remember the first gift on gratitude I ever saw was my sister. Uh-oh. Uh It was probably her, like, third or fourth birthday. I was, like, really little, right? Yeah. And you remember Sky Dancers? Yeah. She got a Sky Dancer, right? Oh. <gasps> uh, from the neighbor girl. Sorry, this is one of the toys I always wanted but never got. <laughs> so she had a big sky dancer that like shot out of some moon with clouds shit. I don't know. They all have different bases and fairies, you know. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Sky Dancer is like a is like a doll that was in ballet clothes and she was like posed in a uh, on point on her tippy toes and then she had like wings on her arms and when you pull the string she's in like a launcher and you pull the string and she spins around like a helicopter and goes up in the air and then kind of floats gracefully downward that's a sky dancer it's like a a barbie doll that can fly basically yeah ballet fairy and they don't really you can find some kind of stuff like that anymore but they're just not super popular because kids just get hit in the face and break shit all the time with them they just kind of fell out of favor but they were hot in the 90s 
And so my sister got one. She'd had one for, I don't know, not quite a year or whatever. She's very into the Sky Dancer thing. And then so she gets this Sky Dancer, and it's a smaller one than what she has. And, and this one, uh, like, launches out of some carousel rabbit. And she's just like, she goes, I already have one of these. Uh-oh. And I'm like, well, you don't have that one? Like, I jump yeah. in right away, because I'm, like, the fucking gift gratitude guy, right? And I'm like... Good work. I'm, like, doing damage control. I'm like, hey, somebody got you this, man. Like, you know, can bitch about it later after everybody's gone. Everyone's at your party right now. She's just a kid, you know? She doesn't really know what's going on. Isn't really... I don't know. Maybe girls don't have the same sort of uh, decorum thing built in, or I don't know. I don't know either. Nobody sat me down and taught me like, hey, you have to be grateful for every single gift, you know? Like nobody like told me that. I just picked up on that. I was just like, I always knew that right from the jump, you know? But my sister, I was just like, well, wait, wait, not so fast. (laughs) You saved her ass. I did. Yeah. I mean, I just have trying to be a guiding light, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I was an only child. It's harder to learn. (laughs) Yeah. See, over the years, now I don't want to get the Queen Anne cherries and I'd rather get the pajama set, you know? Like, it's weird. You get, like, an old fucking man. But you know what? If you tell people that, that's all that matters, right? Because then they're in the know, you're in the know, you're being straightforward with them. Yes. Sticking to your guns. Absolutely. And I feel the same way. Don't give me candy. Give me uh, clothes or... Cash is king. (laughs) Cash is king. People feel like guilty about giving cash. Why? Cash is the ultimate freedom. Cash says, I care about you so much that I'm going to let you get whatever you want. People are like, oh, what that means you didn't put any thought into it. No, the thought you put into it was like, hey, I love you. Go get you something nice. I don't know really really what you want. I don't really know what you got. I don't want to fuck it up. So I'll let you do it. Here's some cash. Papow. You can do a gift card, and that's kind of a cop-out, because it's like, oh, I'll give you cash, but you only can spend it here. Yeah. Eh, give him just cash money, dude. Just cash money. Sometimes there's- Fucking inc- brilliant gift, cash money. Incentives to buy gift cards, though. Because then you can, like, buy one, get one free, yeah. or buy one, get one half off, so you can, you know, dip in a little bit. Yeah. Dude, just uh, key send a payment to my node, man. That's the fucking, that's a gift right there. Yeah. That's my favorite gift. Come Every on. boost a gram received is a gift to me. Come on. <laughs> Taste buds in the chat says booze is always good. Yeah, I, I, booze is pretty decent. Pretty decent gift. You got to know at least a little bit about the person, though. Like, if you give a person who has only had tequila twice and they puked everywhere both yeah. times and they'll never drink tequila again, and then you get them a big bottle of some nice tequila, it's like, <clears throat> eh, you know. Maybe you wasted. Gotta, you got to do a little bit of research with the liquor, but yeah, liquor's a great gift. Liquor's a great gift. Cash, though. Never feel guilty about giving people cash. I don't I don't know what that's all about, the whole cash guilt thing. Fuck that. Cash is the most brilliant safe gift ever. Do that. Cash is great. <laughs> all the time. Half of the time. Cash they, is good. Half of the time they're taking the dumbass shit you got them back to get the cash anyway. So, like, uh, just save them yeah. the trip. Come on. Yeah. Well, I try to stay grateful for sure now. Yeah. I get a lot of silly things. You live and you learn. Like, what's up with those underpants I got for Christmas? <laughs> what is up with that, man? You got the parachute <laughs> granny panties, dude. Legit. Yeah. yeah. My my great-grandma is still alive. She just had a birthday last bowl. And uh, one year she sent me really sexy panties with like a lace back. I don't know what she was getting into when she decided on that. And they fit perfect. They're great. She nailed it. And I was happy. I still have them. Uh, but this year and five years ago, or maybe six, 
she sent me a Ziploc bag with white granny panties about 50 sizes too big for me. Dude, it was... They're too big for Spence. Like... You're not a big dude, I but... know she's not, like, right down the street and can't come throw a measuring tape around your ass, but I don't know who she thought was going to fill those out. I don't know either. <laughs> like, I could make a, a hammock for the baby out of those things. You could make a hammock for uh, both the wolf cubs with those things. I could probably just punch two bungee cords in it and make a Johnny jump up for John, for John man. Oh, shoot. I That's just, how big they are. I mean, they're huge. Yeah. We ought to save the fabric and put yeah. it to use. What's going to be our uh, first time I ever for next week? Oh, man. Do you have a That's list That's such available? a great question. Uh, is the list within arm's reach? C-Dubs has been quiet. He hasn't suggested one yet tonight. Look at that. See, I just did the office sweep, so I thought that would be impossible to find. But it's right here. It's like right in arm's length. Maybe the studio configuration is one to stay with. I um, like that. Intentional placement. Of let's the do the. Let's do first time I ever went to the DMV because I got to do that tomorrow. So I will. Oh, I'll have okay. a fresh DMV story already, and that'll just that'll mesh really well. What do you say? I say let's do it. See, most weeks I him and haw about, mm, and I read seven of them off. This week, I have the I have the courage of my convictions. Damn it. Fletcher really gave me a new lease on life last night, dude. I can't explain. So I still, I'm trying to kind of process it all, but. Job less, Fletcher. I love all you hogs over there. Yeah. Carol and Fletcher. I love all the NA streamers love and Adam everyone Curry. in the chat. Yes. Everyone that brings value to my life through this value for value community. Yes. We find ourselves a part of. And I just try to keep it coming back and you keep it coming back and we keep it coming. It's like a, a, a fucking beautiful game of ping pong here. Just bonking this value back and forth. It's a living, breathing thing. Well, there's only one thing left to do now. Oh, you're right. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling! Let's do it. I want to roll one. Oh, this story was a Christmas miracle. And it didn't make the cut for an earlier segment, but it's here now on the lanes. Uh, there is a bulldog named Betsy. An English bulldog, if you're a dog fan. Two years old. From Millbury, Massachusetts. And a neighbor was watching her while her owner was at work. And uh, while she was out, supposed to do her business, she found a way out of the fence. And the neighbor could not find her. So she contacted the owner and they put out, you know, posters. They did the whole rigmarole. Mm -hmm. Looking for my dog. Hope it comes back. Well, like a week goes by. No sign of the dog. But 33 days later, no way. the owner was at work, and the neighbor noticed that her dogs were barking at something. Uh-oh. And lo and behold, it was Betsy returned to the backyard. So the neighbor lured her over with treats, and now she is back home safe and sound, although 16 pounds lighter and uh, on a careful diet. With round-the-clock care to get back to her original bulldog weight. Oh, damn. Yeah. Blimped out on the on the escape. Yep. This was a story C-Dubs had posted in our chat. Watching porn now requires age verification in Louisiana because of a new law. Oh, man. Yeah. And, you know, House Bill 142, fuck you. Now wait a second. The wait a age? second. You've always needed to verify age for porn, right? Right. Well, now it's got to be uh, legit. You can't just click yes or no. I guess. Oh, on the, you are you eighteen? ID? You have to, yeah, 
prove I, it. You have to prove it. Now, I read a bonus number in there. Is that right? I'm getting there, yeah. Is that right? Eight, House Bill 142 requires age verification for any website containing 33.3% or more of pornographic material. I would like to know by, how is pornographic material measured? Yeah, by weight or volume. <laughs> or by girth. <laughs> what if I got a real nasty video, right? But like everybody's just doing like some kind of a weird soap opera drama for the first eight minutes. And then the last three minutes is just hardcore anal fucking. No age verification needed. Right? Because that's only like 23% of the video. I'm more wondering like what if I'm sitting in a cow anime girl costume. Yeah, And the picture is on the site. Like is that. Where's the line? Yeah. Like is that pornographic because it's like lingerie, skimpy lingerie? Or shoot, what if I go full nipples? Is that porn? Or is porn penetration? Mm, Pornetration. Can you be naked and it's not porn under this Louisiana law? Uh, I want to know their definition. That's a great question. Because to me, porn starts at penetration. But I suppose like oral, that's that's penetrating. Penetrating the mouth. yeah. Yeah, penetrating the mouth. I don't know. So how are they going to verify the age? This was very interesting to me. With the Louisiana wallet. Oh, okay, great, wonderful. Yeah. And uh, got no wallet, no problem. You can just put in all your personal information back to an ID, I suppose. Give us your date of birth and social security number, slave. Yeah. So I saw at the end of this article that there's legislation in D.C. trying to implement something on a national level of similar sorts. Oh, boy, I can't wait. Ah, I have faith it won't pass. I'll ask the bowlers what porn is. They'll know. Bowlers, what is porn? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, this is a great story. Florida couple made the news. Florida man and Florida woman together. working together. With their powers combined. In perfect harmony. Oh, they called 911, but nobody spoke. So, of course, the deputies or whoever had to look up the location and show up to make sure everything was fine well turns out this couple needed help moving some things except it wasn't their house that they were moving things out of it was a house that they had just entered through an unlocked door that was vacant and uh the (laughs) florida woman also mentioned to the police that they could really use a ride to the airport so that they could spend the weekend in new york city for New Year's Eve. Nope. Whoops. The uh, dude was caught on camera stealing from a Dollar General earlier that same day. So instead of getting a ride to the airport, they got a ride to jail. Womp, womp. Womp, 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 womp. Can't give yourself away. No. A rare pink-footed goose was seen in Kentucky. This bird is usually only found in Iceland, Greenland, and Northern Europe. But it has been spotted in North America before, just not Kentucky. So some bird enthusiasts drove all the way to Kentucky from Wisconsin just to see it. The beautiful pink-footed goose. And it kind of put them on a wild goose chase. Because they were just going off of... uh, some rando saying, hey, I think this is a pink-footed goose in my neighborhood. And then they get to the neighborhood. Oh, it flew away. 
But then someone posted, hey, there's a pink-footed goose in my neighborhood, and they had to kind of neighborhood hop to find it. But they did. Well, good for them. Yeah. It's a happy ending. <laughs> Giddy about a goose. Here's a, uh, this reminds me of some a car conversation we had recently. A man in Germany was driving his Tesla on Autobahn 70 and decided to kick back, relax, and turn the autopilot on. Unfortunately, the police attempted to stop him, and he was asleep, and the Tesla did not pull over because it was on autopilot, so it was just driving at a consistent <sighs> 70 miles per hour without slowing down or speeding up. Based. Yeah. Uh, so the cops pulled up next to the Tesla, and they saw that the driver was reclined asleep with his hands off the wheel. He had... Now, I thought here... I thought you had to have your hands on the wheel for autopilot to work. All the ones I've driven, but I've never driven a Tesla. Well, he had a steering wheel weight in the footwell oh, that tricked the Tesla smart. into thinking his hands are on the wheel. Genius. So this pursuit kept on for 15 minutes before he woke up and was like, oh, shoot, I am surrounded by the police and pulled over. Um, now they say he was under the influence of drugs. What drugs? They didn't extrapolate. But he's now being investigated for criminal endangerment of traffic, and he has had his license suspended. Which I think is just ridiculous, because he didn't cause an accident or anything. Yeah. They don't even mention why they were trying to pull him over in the first place. They should arrest the, uh, auto driver. He, they, the car? Yeah, the car was evading. The guy was asleep. Yeah. You can't you can't evade when you're asleep. Can't do anything when you're asleep. You're asleep. Take you a nap. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, they just needed a nap, those cops. I tell you what. Uh, this was a good one. In Los Angeles, firefighters received a call of some trash that had caught on fire downtown. Uh, yesterday, in fact. Yesterday afternoon. It was a Monday. And so fire crews showed up, and guess what it was that had caught on fire? Pallets after pallets of hand sanitizer. Oh, man. Just burning. Burn so, it, burn it, burn it, burn it. Burn it, burn it. Yeah, they decided to just surround the blaze with white foam and let the hand sanitizer burn all the way down so that they didn't have to flood the area and damage cars that were parked along this place. So, yeah, the cause of the fire is under investigation, but to me this just proves that hand sanitizer is more of a liability than a helpful item to have. I apologize for this next story because when I first read it, it was funny, and then there was an update. Oh, no. Uh, but I kept it on the lanes. So... <laughs> There was a cat that was brought into a humane society with two others by a good Samaritan who said that the owners of this home in their neighborhood had moved and left their cats behind. A horrible thing to do. Just, you know, bring your cats to the humane society for adoption, right? Sure. I guess they just decided to let them be feral. Oh, God. Anyway, good Samaritan catches the three of them, brings them into this humane society, and they're doing great. But after a few weeks, one of them, a female cat named Juliet, stops eating and uh -oh. becomes lethargic. 
So they run some radiographs, and they see this weird blockage in her stomach. So they decide to do surgery, and they pull out 38 freaking hair ties. What? Elastic hair ties. Yeah, they thought it was just like an endless ball of string when they were doing the surgery. They said it would have been fatal if not removed, but... uh, Unfortunately, there was, as I mentioned, I'm sorry, cat friends, there was an update on the 30th of December that she did succumb to the injuries that were caused by ingesting all those hair ties. Her intestines were fine, but there was a buildup of fat in her liver, uh, which caused problems. And they were treating her for it, but she uh, didn't make it. Sorry, Juliet. Rest in peace. And if you move, you know, don't let your cats be feral. Just turn them in. (laughs) In Connecticut, this is a crazy picture I will post in the bowl. A driver and passenger avoided serious injury when a guardrail impaled their car. Whoa. Yeah. This was a single vehicle crash on Interstate 384, and the guardrail traveled through the passenger compartment between both front seats and exited the rear, but it extended approximately 20 feet beyond the car. Miraculously, the driver and passenger walked away without serious injuries, just scrapes. That's a hell of a photo of that thing, man, they took. It's gnarly, so you need to check out the show notes to see it, because my description doesn't do it justice. Brilliant use of foreshortening. It looks like something out of Silent Hill. (laughs) It's really messed up, and very metal. (laughs) Um, Another car story for you, to start off the new year. Four alive, four people are alive. In a miracle, after a Tesla plunged off a cliff in California. Whoa. Yeah. This is an area 15 miles south of San Francisco, sources say, that's known for fatal wrecks. And so it's called Devil's Slide. There were four people in the car, a four-year-old girl, a nine-year-old boy, and two adults. They don't say if they're family or not, and it seems like no one knows, which is kind of sketchy. It's California. But whatever. This Tesla plummeted more than 250 feet from the highway and crashed into a rocky outcropping, flipping a few times on the way down, obviously, and then getting wedged feet from the surf. But when rescuers showed up, you know, they were expecting to just clean up because they said they've never seen anyone live a crash here. Right. All four were conscious. They saw movement behind the windshield and were like, holy shit. We, got, we have a rescue mission now. So they lifted the kids in a rescue basket with a rope system and took them to the hospital, saying that they were more scared than hurt, which is amazing. Uh, the adults, unfortunately, had traumatic injuries, but still alive. And they were flown by helicopter to a hospital. So, yeah, they also mentioned in this article they don't believe the Tesla was on autopilot, which may be the problem. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe. the Tesla would have driven itself better. Well, well, they made it. But they made it. And my final story for the lanes tonight, 
Uh, sounds like something out of a very popular TV show we recently binged. But it's not. A United flight from Los Angeles to Sydney, Australia. Oh, God. Had to divert to a remote island this past weekend. Oh, shit. Yeah. Flight 839. Instead of 815. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, they started experiencing some mechanical issues. Technical difficulties. Exactly. They were supposed to arrive in Sydney on Saturday uh, after leaving Thursday. Talk about a long flight. Whew. But uh, they ended up, well, I guess the time zone kind of screws with you too. A bit. A lot of bit. <laughs> they landed in Pago Pago in American Samoa. And passengers were given hotel rooms, tours of the island, and beer. So it was kind of a uh, little vacation. They didn't know they needed, maybe. Very nice. And then all the passengers were flown to Sydney and arrived on Monday. So they missed New Year's Eve with their family and friends, but, you know. Beer in Pago Pago land, dude. I mean, what's better than that? What's better than that? And it's a hell of a story. There's a happy ending. It's real life lost. Yeah, no one tried to stab or shoot him or whatever. Yeah, there were no others, no shadow monster securing the island. Perfect. Fantastic. What's a happy ending on the lanes? Always like a happy ending on the lanes, you know? And, uh, always like a happy ending at the end of the bowl. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Supporting the show, listening, passing the bowl, all that good stuff. We appreciate y'all chatting it up. We will be back at it next Tuesday. Same time, same place. Stream.bowlafterbowl.com. And of course, the Mighty No Agenda stream. Right after DH Unplug wraps up. Hopefully, they'll be back next week as well. Right around 9 Central US time. That's when we start playing some songs to warm you up and warm your heart. Some nice music to roll joints to. And until then, I'm just going to be hanging out, doing stuff, going to the DMV, and, uh, Knocking out to-do list items. I am Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I will always be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowl, bowl, bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Spencer just says the fun stuff. He totally knew I was stoned. Sir Spencer, so sweet. Bowl after bowl. They have some of the most soothing voices I've ever heard in a podcast. Oh, the bowl after bowl guy? Yeah. Yeah. This is big. What's going on? Most indeed. What? 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 You can't. You can't. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Bowl after bowl.com.